Hello, journal. I couldn't sleep, so I went for a walk around Tamor Den. It reminds me a bit of the hidden grove Carl watches over. There's a waterfall spilling into the lake and fireflies all around. It's almost impossible to enjoy it, though, with everything that's going on. Miranor showed up with his big, dumb group of bullies and ruined a perfectly good day. He thinks just because he's the biggest minotaur in the tribe that he deserves to be chieftain. It takes so much more than that. It requires compassion, tedious note-taking, and the ability to listen thoughtfully to others. So he slayed a few monsters, so what? I probably slayed monsters ten times worse than the ones he's had to deal with. He doesn't understand what I've been through, the perils I endured to get to this point. Maybe if he did, he would shut his big mouth and... Wait a second. I will show him. I'll show him that I'm a much better adventurer than he will ever be. Dear Miranor. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the world of Humbrea, featuring three first-time adventurers and one very patient DM. This is D&D 404. And that's everything that happened from the moment I left our village to our escape from Shadowfell. As you can see, I've battled tough monsters from corrupted bugbears and mutated tentacle monsters to dragons and elemental suits of armor. When we made it out of the fell, over a year had passed. We wandered down the mountain, but we quickly leaped from a shadowy pan and into the fire. Oh god. Oh, okay. All right, Sid, we're gonna get through this. Uh, I pull myself out uh, and into this uh, room on the right. And uh, can I uh, can I just simply pull myself out now that I've gone through that? Yes, yeah, so you use your turn to get stuck and you burst through. Yeah. And you are now in this room that is slightly less on fire, but it is a large amount of rubble. Is, is the man in front of me clearly just dead? Yes. Yeah. The face, oh, uh, his face is towards the ground. It's very bloody. And I look up. Do I notice anything about the hole? There's a wide hole that looks like it goes all the way to the third floor. <laughs> and then when you look down at the body, you see that something's under it and it's moving. All right. So I push the body off. <laughs> this monstrosity of something that you've never seen before. A ball of flesh with limbs. It has a human hand. As you see, one of the, as the uh, the dead guard in front of you is missing an arm. You see that its arm is like growing out of this ball of flesh that is essentially just a mouth with grown mutated limbs to walk and it is snapping ah! at you. <laughs> if you can hear me, look out for monsters. And it comes out from underneath the body and it is snapping. It has all these weird orangey blood red eyes. It has half, it looks like where it uh, came out from the body. It has like that chunk of flesh that it took with it. And then the body like mutated and manifested the rest of it to make this oddly shaped moving mouth as it begins to snap and it lunges at you. We're gonna move to initiative 18, Drell. I don't get to attack or anything. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Absolutely, you still have the rest of your action. What would you like to do? No, Dan, I literally you moved. sit there and think about it. <laughs> I, yeah, I start attacking this damn thing. It's coming at me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just uh, gonna start attacking twice with my rapier first. Ooh, baby. Uh, with a 21 and a Ooh. 26 to hit. Yeah, those both hit. Yeah, and I will be taking uh, an offhand attack with my Mesa Disruption. Oh my. 
with a 24 to hit. What? So I hit for 27 damage with my rapier, seven damage with my mace of disruption. As you hit it with your mace, it just collapses and falls apart as you just bash this monstrosity into the floor. And it's just like twitching. <laughs> it's okay, Sid. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not scared, you're scared. <laughs> we climbed our way up the tower and valiantly fought all these maw monsters. Unfortunately for us, the tower did begin to crumble. Boom! A large explosion erupts right before you almost, but with a 17 on your perception check, you caught the trap at the very last minute, dodging out of the way as this large hole in the side of a burning tower reveals the worried people below you as they are gasping and clenching their pearls and yelling in fear as they see the tower ro roaring in flame. And as you land on your tuchus, just nearly dodging that explosion trap, the tower begins to shake around you as the explosion, nearly destroying the integrity of the tower, starts to rumble and crumble around you. We are still in initiative as the tower is beginning to come down. Is everyone okay? As I peek out of the burning uh, <laughs> hole with a rope. We are on Armos' initiative as he lands down onto the floor from the massive explosion that he just narrowly escaped and the tower is shaking around you. It is about to come down. Initiative 17, Armos, using your movement, is there anything else you would like to do on your turn? I look at the trap, I look back at Drill, I look at the building or the, the ceiling that's now starting to crumble and uh, yell to him, let's get out of here. <laughs> and, I, and before the words are out of my mouth, I'm sprinting out the door that uh, Drell's standing in. <laughs> hey, what's going on here? <laughs> you just barrel through him. Uh, so that's gonna be your turn. We're gonna go ahead and move to initiative nine minutes. You pulled yourself on this rope as the tower is now beginning to come down as rocks are falling and the roof looks like it's caving in. Yeah, so I get up on the, I get, <laughs> I pull myself up on this damn rope. I'm like, ah, oh, this is great craftsmanship. Guys, <laughs> I rush into the room in front of me. I go, are you okay? And I see Armos and Drell in front of me. What's going on? I just killed some dang, like, popping crab head thing downstairs. Oh, you go on two minutes? Come on, you guys are mean. Mean, it tried to eat me. Oh, yeah, that's what they do. There's no time to explain. We got to get out of here. The building's coming down. Oh. Okay, and I drop down the hole. <laughs> uh, I'm right behind you, Menace. And then I'm running down, and at this moment, I'm really glad that I set this escape route up, and I'm going to jump off and hold onto the rope and slide down. Yeah, that'll be your whole movement. Next turn, you will go down to the first floor, as well with you, Menace. Thanks. I'm right behind them. You ah! dash, and you are now sliding down, and you guys are, like, actually pretty close together because you guys didn't wait, so now all the three of you are on this rope. <laughs> Drell says it's your rope. I want to ask you to roll me a pure luck check. Just roll me a d20. No rerolls. Should be fine. No bonuses. Seven. Snaps! The rope comes down as it cannot bear the weight of three of you. Oh. I would say the rope snaps around the second floor, so everyone's going to take two d6. Each of you, ha, oh, motherfucker. You, each of you take two points of damage. Hey, as I roll, for me. Guys. God, yeah, this would be this would be bludgeoned, right? Yeah, it is. Yes, okay. it would be bludgeoned. And as I stated, I was in a rage, so I took one point of damage. Nice. 
<laughs> oh shit! This is great craftsmanship, Joe. Oh. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> really glad I planned this out. The dead body at the bottom broke our fall. Yeah, you guys land on this dead body and this dead demon. Oh. <laughs> really glad this broke my fall. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rest in peace. I'm sorry. We gotta go. Here's what I'm gonna say. Because of the amazing rope escape plan, the hole that you guys climb down out of is actually right next to the main entrance. So you bypass this whole escape mechanic that I had set up. And I'm gonna say the three of you are able to run out uh, as the three of you land on this poor dead body. And as the three of you run out of the flame building, more explosions happen in the tower as it begins to collapse in on itself. And as the three of you run out into the checkpoint crossroads, the tower fully collapses. <gasps> Everybody's gasping as the three of you run out and the tower falls and people are like, oh my God, the gods know what happened. <gasps> and people are like worried. Oh. Hey guys, I found some stuff in there, by the way. Here, Drell, take a potion. Armos, take a potion. And I give them each a greater healing potion. Oh, sick. Oh, actually, Reginald, and I stick one of my uh, greater healing potions into his backpack. Cause right, because you made a backpack like 20, 40 epi episodes ago. And we uh, never used it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, thanks. You know, I usually put hands in there, but you know, it's good. It's good. It's good. Wait, how do you get hands in there? <laughs> oh, this one? And he's chewing on like a dead guy's hand that he happened to pull out from the fire. You like flip it up with your mouth and catch it? That's impressive, Reginald. Yeah, pretty good. He's just gnawing on it. So you, you so wait, let me just get this straight. You came out and then you handed him three uh, potions, right? Yeah. Okay. They ransacked the place. They just ran, they didn't even try to oh help. They ran in for, for stuff. <gasps> and people were like, oh, oh my God, they just, they just robbed the place. We didn't ransack it. We went and fought the monsters that were killing you all. Monsters and everyone disperses. Oh God. Way to go, miss. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm honest. <laughs> A bulk of the people, actually all of them, run to your west, heading down left uh, towards that road. And it looks like they're running towards the Sigi College. Mm. Uh, can we go look at the bodies on the road to see if there's anything of note? So just so you know, the trees around you and like the small shacks and like storage sheds, uh, canopies are all still on fire and the tower is still burning. So the area is not like the best to be in right now, but you can absolutely check the guards. Are these red guard or what are these guys? So when you go to look at the body, you do not see the red guard tabards. Matter of fact, you see something a little bit different. They're not wearing full plate like the red guard do. Their armor looks more half plate and half leather. The armor looks like it's built for more like dexterous fighters rather than big old knights. And the tabard that they're wearing is navy blue. When you flip over one of the bodies, you manage to get one of the, one of the tabards is still intact. So you're able to see the sigil that's on it. You see the sigil of what looks like a cog and a mountain, like half a mountain with magical shines on it. And then the other half is the cog, the crest of Lord Baron. Oh. You instantly recognize that symbol, um, Drell, as you've seen this uh, banner flying outside of Lord Baron's divider, um, that's the sigil of Lord Baron's guards. Mm. 
So, and the two of you actually would have seen this when you were at the Sigil College briefly. The banners are also there. I just forgot to mention it at the time. Do they have any sort of insignias or like identifying things for like who they specifically are? They got a wallet with their uh, ID in it. Yeah, or like something on their like on their actual uniform that like states I don't know. In the state of their bodies, you wouldn't see anything. One of it looks like they mostly were half elves, and one of them was a dwarf. However, they didn't have any like dog tags or anything like that on them. If you were to find information like that, it would have been in the tower. Uh, fuck. I go back. <laughs> no. All right. Well. Lord Baron's not going to be too happy about this, but especially these townspeople get back to the fact that <laughs> telling him that we robbed the place, Menace, you just couldn't left the stuff, huh? I'm sorry. I found health potions. I wasn't just going to leave good health potions there. All right. All right. That makes sense. Well, Menace, it's really inconsiderate of you. You should learn how to yeah. read the room. As okay, head. fine. I'll take yours back, Reginald. Oh, no, 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 back. She's... <laughs> <laughs> he like moves his bag away from you just like out of reach <laughs> uh i'm not i'm not really good at this but i get uh I'm, I'm a i'm a cleric now i guess so i i would like to g give them some prayers i think uh i don't know how this works but uh <clears throat> guards uh of the blue i wish the best for you as your soul goes on, let your spirit move on. All right, cool. <laughs> Good job. I think we did it. Thanks, Sid. Thank you, Sid. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. You're, yeah, actually, you probably said it better than me. Make me a religious check. It's not a, it's not a good face. It's an eight. Okay. Is there anything to note when I just do like a quick glance around that we need to investigate here? Or does it yeah, seem like we're... So as you're looking around, need to get out. this place looks pretty much done for. Everything looks burnt. The canopies, the sheds. This place looks like a rest stop for anybody passing by. You do see a signpost right in the middle of the crossroads where it says Sigic College. And it points down one path. And then you see Lord Baron's divider and it's pointing out the other path. This is clearly a... You can assume that this is like a stop between the two for any travelers that just want to take a break and feel safe with the guards around um, and this is also like a watch out point for the for Lord Baron's guards to watch over any passing travelers who are going to the city college. So from where you are, you know that you're only like a few hours away from either position. You can see both locations roughly from where you are, like way in the distance. But um, this is like the halfway point to either. All right, everybody. I would love to go visit Kemi Joe, but uh, I think we need to go. Warn Lord Baron about what happened here. We got so much to talk about with him anyway, so what do you think? Yep, think you're right. I mean, we could go to, you know, we don't have to go there if we don't want to, because then we could keep all those blood shards. Yeah, we could keep so. the blood shards, you know. You know we I'm are not saying. keeping the blood shards. Okay, <laughs> right, why, why is he yelling? He's always yelling. Why is he yelling? No. Yeah, Ormos, maybe you don't have to go, but I think <laughs> me and Minus are definitely going to go. Yeah, who has the bag? Hmm, I can't remember. I'm <laughs> kidding. Let's go. Hey, Ormos, I know this might not be the best time, but you do owe the tome some blood shards. Um, it's been 24 <laughs> hours, so you owe me about 18 blood shards. 18? Look, can I pay you in fingers? Because I'm... 
I, I motion around. I got lots of fingers. You know what? I can be satiated, persuaded by a couple of hands. Yeah. Okay, there you go. All right. Um. So I think in that case, uh, we start walking towards Lord Baron's divider. Crunch, as you see, almost like chopping off a hand. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I think he offered I Reginald to eat the hands. <laughs> yes. But as he is, uh, as Armos is looking over the situation and I'm walking away with Drell, I am kind of talking to Drell again like, hey, Drell, uh, I would like to say the situation is getting better, but it quite obviously is not. <laughs> um, I feel like we're going to have to have a different kind of talk with Armos soon, depending on how things go at Lord Baron's Divider. Oh, are you talking about how he's a complete psychopath and how he doesn't listen to anything well, we have to say about blood shards and uh, how no, he's no. kind of like addicted uh, to him? Is that what you're talking well, about? I, I won't call him a psychopath. I mean, I love the dude. dude he, uh, have you not seen what he does whenever he absorbs us, dude? That's actually like the definition of a psychopath. We have to approach this with compassion, Drell. He's an addict. Armos, push it. Can you put your boot on the, the elbow right here? Just, I, just need a little, I just need a little leverage point. Nope, nope, nope. What do you not mean, doing no? it? This is like the, this is. What do you mean? This is all you. This is you. I just said I need a little help. It's really stuck I'm on not cooperating. It. What do you mean not cooperating? You see this? You see this menace? He's literally. He'll literally doom a thousand souls just because he feels like it. But he doesn't want to break <laughs> off one little arm. It's insane. <laughs> guy's already dead. He's already probably already sent that guy's soul to like damnation. <laughs> but like, he doesn't want to rip off the arm. He's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. See, he's troubled. In the background, you hear, wait, is that a blood shirt? No, no, never mind. <laughs> you see one of them, you see the the body that Reginald is like working with just like flops over. He's just trying to drag the whole body with him. He's like, addiction is a real problem, Drell, and we need to help him through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll see how Lord Baron's divider goes, but uh, I am, I'm, I'm, I might I might take him out of the bestest friend column and put him in the best friend column if this keeps up. I'm just saying. Crack! And you see like he got a part of half his hand off. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Alright, well, let's let's keep going. We got... Uh, we're gonna have to set camp soon, maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, can we make it to Lord Baron's Divider before the end yeah. of the night? That's you are a few hours out, but it is... It's midday. Um, it's spring, so the days are a little bit longer. You probably get there by nightfall. Okay. If you just book it. Almost, while those two were talking about your drug addiction and you were with Reginald trying to get a hand, make me a history check. History? History. History. 12. History saving throw? (laughs) (laughs) With a 12, with the events that just transpired, the DC was a 10, by the way. Since you talked to the guy right before the little maw demon popped out of his body, you saw that the bloodshot was inserted into him. Mm-hmm. You remember, you have seen this before in the cave with the bugbears, where you found the room of dead bodies, mm-hmm. holes in their heads. And then you catch up with the guys. You begin the walk. I let them know the situation. Something with these blood shards. I don't know, guys. They might be evil. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Interesting. Hear me out. Never thought of that before. I know, I know. The world just is in black and white as people Look, seem to think. It's a gray area. Like, what is evil? Right. You know? But check this out. So, when I was in that tower, there's a guy with a blood shard in him. And then, before you knew it, one of those little monsters appeared. And the blood shard went away. I don't know. 
We walk on uh, hurriedly <laughs> into the distance. Towards the Lord Baron's divider. We pressed on, defeating another maw monster as we traveled. Before long, we came across some familiar faces. After alerting some of Lord Baron's guards to the tower's collapse and the demon attacks, we got some food from Novo's cart. Okay, so now we can eat. And Drell like claps his hands and rubs them together and walks to the menu of the cart. I feel bad for saying this, Drell, but that kind of helped ease the line. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I was mainly focused about. Oh, man. <laughs> you see, uh, there's a girl gnome there and he goes, uh, yeah, you know, I think I'll take the, um, let's see, I want to take the, uh, and then her, she begins to muddle off as she's talking to a very plump mm. brass dragon as he begins to as he's like leaning on a counter with a devious delicious smile he goes oh, of course of course of course and he's, he's having like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the gnome as she begins to order and then you guys see the menu on the side of the cart and there's like this magical tearaway you skim the menu and it says Novo's Fantastical Feast. And it has changed a little bit since the last time you were here. With today's special being Strength of the North Power Breakfast. Followed by Fortitude Feast with cockatrice wings and Dillymore cheesesteaks. And then you have your savory snacks with the return of Brim's Butterscotch Pudding and Fried Salamander. Minis is already seething. And then you <laughs> have the, the mindful refreshments of the Ivory Boulder Oats and the Mind Calming Coffee. <sighs> That bastard. That's my favorite meal. <laughs> what do you what do you see, Menace? The Ivory Boulder Oats. I was the one that created that back at the Ivory Boulders. I invented it when I was a kid, and he told everybody in the clan that uh, he made it, but no, I was the one that invented it. What's his deal? What's, what's going on? Uh, he's just having a crisis. You're having a crisis. I'm fine. I, I pulled Drell aside. Uh, you know, we may have to have a, a little intervention with Menace about this whole mirror thing. <laughs> so, so for the adventurers listening, what do you read, Menace? <laughs> Under the little blurb of Ivory Boulder Oats. The Ivory Boulder Oats, all natural, invigorating bowl of oats, packed with fruits and grains to empower the mind. Preferred food of choice by Miranor the Great, hero of Gilo. Mm. <laughs> Bastard. Ooh, strength of the North power breakfast. Five cockatrice eggs served any style. Three colossal bacon slabs with golden liqueur potatoes lelouch lelouch potatoes mm, that sounds delicious it's gotta be something else vegetarian here that isn't Ooh, they have wings again you know i love wings mm -hmm. i want the wings Dilly more cheese that was good 12 of them there is nothing else vegetarian here that i can eat besides the oats <laughs> <laughs> I could get desserts, but I need sustenance. I am at a cross path. <laughs> okay, I think I'm gonna do what I did last time and get one of everything. Drell, you approach Novo's cart, and he recognizes you almost instantly. He goes, "Ho ho!" Slayer of the young green dragon. What brings you back to my delicious food card? Hopefully you'll come hungry. <laughs> he slaps oh, his tummy. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> and I slap my tummy too. 
Oh, looks like you've gained a bit of weight since the last time I saw you. That's what I like to see. What the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> I think you heard me, big one. It's cutting season. I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> it's spring. Summer's right around the corner. Ah, you think is. I'm bulking right now? Fuck. Ah, it's always bulking season when you come to Noble Fantastical Feast. What can I get you, my big friend? One of everything except the ivory boulder oats. Of course, because the trend of the North Power Breakfast is more breakfast than you'll ever need. You know, that's right. How would you like those eggs, my good sir? Sunny side up. Man who enjoys breakfast. Ha-ha! Wonderful! And you see a bunch of mage hands behind them begin to cling and clang as pots get assorted and giant eggs the size of your head get pulled out and just begin to crack as spatulas and beakers and ladles begin to move behind them. I can hear the song in my head. <laughs> Almost. You, you go. I'm still mulling this over. Yeah. I will take the wings, duffalo, 12 of them suckers. And you know what? I'll take a, a cheesesteak to go. <laughs> Fantastic red one. I believe you got the same thing last time. Hey, this consistency is always a good thing. And I'll tell you what else is consistent. My flavor! <laughs> Bing bong, king clang. Flame roars, and then through the chimney of the turtle shell cart is a roaring magical flame. And for you, little cow friend. I would like to file a complaint. <gasps> Against Novo's Fantastical Feast? I've never had a bad review. It's not. You haven't even ordered yet. You, Novo. But I can see that one of your menu items was stolen. Stolen? I have curated and designed each of these recipes myself. Those oats. A recipe that I created back at the Ivory Boulders. They were referred to me by a mighty hero. <laughs> yes, because he figured out the recipe from me. Novo uses stolen recipes, Miss? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, he used a good recipe that he borrowed from me. My name should be on there. <laughs> oh, yeah, Miranor just borrowed it then. This. <laughs> I always add crowd favorites to my menus, and the more they sell, the more I keep them on there. And when I was stationed and selling my wares at, at Gilo, uh, the whole crowd just raved about this Miranor fellow, and he did bring me the Hydronekabob from last time, and I was like, oh, another uh, more people raving about this ferocious warrior who brought me such delicious Hydronek that I just had to add a permanent item to the menu. It's a crowd favorite. The hero of Gilo, they called him. Said something about slaying bugbears with some companions. An artist doesn't do art for the recognition. He does it for the good of the people. I'm just glad people like it. I will take one butterscotch pudding, three ivory boulder oats, and one calming coffee, please. Thank you very much. I love what you do, Novo. Keep it up. <sighs> ah, wonderful! That is coming right up. Ding, clang, bing, bong, roar, roaring fire. As he begins to make the food, he does place a nice big old cup of coffee right on the counter for you to take. <sighs> As all the food this. becomes prepared. I sip from the coffee. Would you like any toppings on that? On what? On the coffee? Oh, yeah, I'll take some oat milk. Thank you. So here you go. And he hands you a small pitcher of like one-time use uh, oat milk that you can pour in. And as you pour it in, it goes, poof, disappears. 
Wait, this is gross. You guys drink our milk? Hearty Minotaur milk? Yes. So is the rest of Chatrilis. Uh, that's weird. You're not supposed to drink milk after, like, infancy. That That's bizarre. No, it's not. That's a weird custom. It's weird for me. <laughs> a lot of people drink milk. Uh, well, you're not supposed to after infancy. What is... I didn't know people drink our milk. <laughs> this is having a crisis again. <laughs> oh, Minus, don't you worry. Wait till you see where steaks come from. Oh, what are steaks? <laughs> don't worry about it. I'll do the chocolate drizzle. <laughs> <laughs> and you see like a, ma a mage hand like drizzling on the coffee yeah. and you get this beautiful uh, cup of common coffee. And this coffee is the best cup of coffee if you've ever had and it does indeed calm you and the next time you cast a spell menace please let me know i'll let you know when i cast a spell too next <laughs> <laughs> so you guys ring up your your order and it's going to take a few minutes for it to come out and you see um Kemi joe and artemis place their orders and they both got a dilly cheese steak sandwich um and a cup of coffee and they begin to eat theirs as your food comes out mm -hmm. oh before i leave novo can you do anything with this and i hold up the bag of ma monster <laughs> he goes oh you brought me some uh, meat <laughs> um no novo can't do anything with this i'm sorry not exotic enough and he like a mage hand like scoots it off the counter all right yeah just checking i don't know i don't know how like meat cooking works so just checking um thanks anyways not that and he points oh, to it. okay and this big brass big golden brass dragon turns around and goes back to his cooking Ma monster bad meat okay Everybody gets their food, and you can pack it up um, as if you'd like. Um, and rule of thumb, freshness guaranteed for up to two days. Let me know what you're eating now. And then um, those effects, as last time, will last up to um, 24 hours. As much as I hate it, I eat one of the oats because I miss it. Oh, God, I miss it. Drinking the coffee, even though it doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, calms you down. It's one of the best cup of coffees you ever drink in your entire life. Drell and Alec both love coffee, so that works. Nice. Does anything happen with the oats, or I don't know yet? Yes. So when you um, eat the oats, you feel like your mind sharpen up, like you've been energized. Like you, you just ate breakfast in the morning, and you feel like you're ready to tackle the day. Uh, for the next 24 hours, you get advantage on all saving, uh, on all checks and saving throws that that require intelligence and wisdom. Mean my my wings. Wings. You got the 12, right? Yep. Go ahead and roll 4d6. That's how many temporary hit points you get. <laughs> this is like towards the end of the day, right? Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think right now I'm just going to... Drell's going to put the rest in his Tupperware. In. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Go ahead and subtract the gold, and you guys are now at this camp, and you're talking to Kemi Joe and Artemis. And so we caught up with Kemi Joe and Artemis. Since it had been so long, we had a brief birthday celebration of sorts, passing each other gifts and eating cake. We told our friends of the dangers that we faced and the troubles yet to come. We parted ways for the night, and of course, like always, the three of us kept watch. So, the three of you begin to go to sleep. Is anybody taking watch? Uh, I'll take first watch. Yeah, I can take the second one. And I can sleep. <laughs> no, I'll do third. You want to bring out your lizard again? No. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little Max. Nope. Never seen the light of day. So, Minus, you take the first watch, and as the stars sparkle in the sky and the moon 
uh, illuminates over you in a non-threatening way for the first time in what seems apparently like a year. Oh, it's good to have spring breeze again. Roll me a perception check. Here you go, Sid. Here's so, the rest of that coffee. Eh. Oh, 21 with advantage. With a 21, about an hour into your watch, sipping on your coffee, you hear a rustling in the grass near your campsite. <laughs> Might as go wide. Sid. Meh? You heard that, right? Meh? <laughs> Fingers. Reginald has flopped over. <clears throat> All right. I'm just going to cast a spell real quick, Sid. Just, uh, just because. Meh. I don't think there's anything wrong happening. It's just a precaution, okay? Meh. Yep. Just a precaution. And I'm going to cast uh, Detect Good and Evil. Mm. Read me what that spell does again. For the duration, you know if there's an aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, fiend, or undead within 30 feet of you, as well as where the creature is located. Interesting. I'm glad you read that. Hold on. I don't know if that's good or bad. You go ahead and you cast this spell. Sid goes, and then this holy aura surrounds you within 30 feet. You look in a direction where you heard the grass rustle. And this spell tells you, like, you know what it is, right? It defines what's near it, if you hear. What it is and where it is. You know that within 30 feet within that grass area is an aberration. Do I know what an aberration is? So, uh, aberration-type creature is, like, anything eldritch or from space, technically. It's like a creature that mm. is not a, hu it's not a humanoid creature, but it's not necessarily a demon or an angel. <sighs> Huh. Um, it's out of this world, like a like a like a beholder, like a Cthulhu. I know I beholder. <laughs> so uh, you sense an aberration within the tall grass. Everybody, wake up! <laughs> <laughs> I yell at everybody. As you yell, you see you hear the tall grass rustle again, as if seems startled. <laughs> And it starts to dash away. I run towards it. You run into the tall grass as the trees begin to uh, come into view. You're not in a forest, but there are a number of trees becoming denser and denser. I'll go ahead and make me a perception check as you are searching for this thing. Well, I still know where it is, right? Oh, yeah. So you're actually tracking this thing down. I'm sorry. You're because it's actually good and evil. You are tracking down this aberration and you are following it. And it does not seem to be let up, but you hear the, uh, the sounds of its footsteps isn't like normal running. It's like a gallop. Guys, there's something out here. <laughs> you don't see it over the brush, but you do see like a shadowy figure that you're chasing after. You just can't make a solid description of it. And then just like that, it disappears, but you still sense it within the air and then you run and you are now like under a tree next to a giant rock, there's a few trees, but you feel like it's right on top of you. And then you look up and there is this big green cyclops eye staring right at you as it is right above you hugging the tree like a koala. And it has a large toothy grin with three pronged like claws as it's grabbing onto the tree. We weren't able to capture the Nothic and after looking around some more decided to rest for the night. In the morning we met up with our friends again and left for Lord Baron's divider. Tammy Joe walks over. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? Ah. Uh. 
You guys are early risers too, huh? Uh, sure are, Kenny. Ha <laughs> ha, mornings are for the ones who see glory. Ah, uh, Artemis, it's good to see you again. When we make it back to the Sigic College, I want to hear all kinds of stories from your past, okay? And you will have an earful, my new friend. That's good. Do you like games? I love games. Oh, we're going to play so many uh -oh. games, especially ones that end in glorious combat, surrounded in an arena of people who cheer you on. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's cool. That's cool. He stares off into the distance. I like this guy. All right, well, we got to get going. So uh, uh, I'll send you some letters later, though. Don't you worry, Kemi. We'll keep in touch. All right. And well, uh, Artemis, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Teddy Aren't one. they going to Lord Baron's Divider, or are they going back? They are heading to Lord Baron's Divider. I thought you were going the other way. You're going to Lord Baron's Divider? <laughs> oh, I got to turn yeah, this in. No, yeah, yeah turn remember, he in. said he goes back and forth. I thought you were oh heading back. Goodness. Does no one else listen to conversations besides me? We can travel together. Ah! Friend trip. <laughs> and I do my secret handshake with Kemi Joe that we wrote about together. <laughs> oh, Armos, please, please. All right, look, listen. I know it's your country actually bounded to give me blood charts, uh, but like I'm really gonna need it today. Okay, please. What? You're gonna have to one, just snap one, your fingers. One and I'll cut a deal with the big guy. One and I'll cut a deal with the big guy. Okay. We're the five what? best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> We're the five best friends that anyone could have. We're the five best friends that anyone could have. Armos's and we'll never, day. never, never <laughs> leave each other. And we go to the divider. Da, da, da. This is worse than the realm of blood and pain. <laughs> Armos leads so, the way down the road. Perfect. The, the five and a half of you make your way to Lord Baron's divider. And almost the entire way, you are not feeling great. Uh, mm -hmm. Reginald is also not feeling great. And he's the entire way over. He's like badgering you about this contract. And you know, it has been some time since you mm -hmm. fed the tome, even though it feels like yesterday, technically, with the massive shard that you absorbed yeah. in Shadowfell. He's giving you, he's like tapping on his watch, his uh, metaphorical watch. Mm -hmm. And the five of you go down the road. Minish, you start to share stories of Kemi Joe and you're hitting it off. Artemis is like keeping an eye out for anything that may arise. I would like to also give an inspiring talk and give everyone uh, temporary hit points. Oh, okay. Go, go ahead and give us a taste of what that speech sounds like. I'm maybe having withdrawals from blood shards, but you know what? We're going to get through this together because I need you guys <laughs> and I need blood shards, but I need you guys more. But these, oh. yeah, yeah, we'll just, we're going to keep going down this road. And you know what? Up to six of you are going to get this lovely temporary hit point nice. of 15. Oh my God. Oh my God. I didn't know we were close like that. Yeah. And Kemi Joe <laughs> hugs you. <laughs> Truly inspiring words there, Red Friend. Yeah. And as you give a inspiring speech and Reginald is like trying to distract you the whole way, you come across on a hill. And a large castle tower emerges on the horizon. The castle looks fortified and well-maintained. The fortified castle is surrounded by a river with blooming foliage growing within the marble cracks. You see the main entrance and it's a large hall staircase that looks like it's made for giants. And as you gaze, Drell, you know this is Lord Baron's Divider. The fortress is a stronghold and a beacon of the border it's sworn to protect. Separated on the island, there are two traveling checkpoints on either side of the fortress island that allows passage between the two kingdoms. 
The two checkpoints next to the fortress have a decorated gate of passage that arcs over a well-kept dirt road. Along these gates are well-kept sturdy guards checking the papers of those who pass through it. There are no connected walls attached between these gates. At a glance, you can assume you could just walk around it, but the more you look, you notice that there are these shining beacon towers in the distance that spread throughout the horizon. Slim guard towers with shining beacons on top. For those of you that are akin to magic, Minus and Armos, you can feel the presence of a barrier protecting the land. Okay, so you know that you can reach it within the next few minutes. As you are surveying the land, you do see some people on either side of the gates and past Lord Baron's Divider, this tower fortress, you see icy mountains of the north within the distance. And then you see like the snowy mist and it kind of like your view fades from that point. You can't really see much beyond it. Oh, it's been a long journey to get here. My goodness. Oh, it was a crazy journey to be sure, but we finally made it to Lord Baron's Divider. Kemi Joe, of course, had his own work to take care of, but the three of us met with Lord Baron. That's right. We met face to face with the Lord Baron. And he uh, puts his hands together and he folds them and he puts it on his desk. And he looks at the three of you. He goes, welcome, Armos, Drell, and Minas. Please have a seat. I believe there's much to discuss. I tug on Drell's pants. I'm like, Drell, he knows our names. I don't know why you're looking at me. I didn't tell him. I sit down. We almost actually sat down. Oh, shit. This has got to be serious. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He always stands during these. This is the first time I've yeah, seen him do this. he actually sat down. Wait, should beta. we be worried? He's a beta. I'm going to stand. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> He's a beta. <laughs> <laughs> I go sit down. So, first things first. Introductions. I already know who the three of you are. I am Lord Baron, protector of the divider between the Kingdom of Aramor and the Kingdom of Brim, leader and protector of the Sitcha College, and everyone who lives within Trillis. I believe the three of you have something for me. I mean, we got lots of things for you, to be honest. Well, there's Bro. no time like the present. I'm not getting any younger. Drell, bag. Okay, so, uh, yeah, this is where Drell pulls out his bag, and as he's um, rummaging, um, I, like, Drell's kind of just rummaging through his bag, trying to find, okay, where do I put this? Uh, okay, here first. Uh, so, long story short, we were in Shadowfell, and um, we came across these plans. And I pull out the folder of documents that I grabbed from the other tiefling's office, and I slide them across the table to him. And I tell him, uh, looks like they were trying to plan some sort of assault, um, you know, either on the divider or the Sigit College, not really sure, but um, yeah. You see he quickly takes the, takes the papers as he's listening to you. He's quickly skimming through them, and he's sorting them as he's reading them. Um, as he's doing that, um, I want to uh, stealthily um, take, uh, I want to try to grab a few of the, like, as I'm just looks like, I, I like look like I'm still looking um, 
for like a bunch of stuff and I want to try to just slide a few blood shards out of the bag that I'm going to give him <laughs> to like keep a few. Oh. Go ahead and make me a slide of hand check as you try and separate them in front of me. I don't know if this is going to work. At 13? <laughs> as he is sorting the papers, go ahead and place that bag right here. And uh, is there any reason why you might need to keep some of those blood shards for yourself? Uh, they, they accidentally <laughs> fell out. I was actually scooping them in to the bag. <laughs> we can't leave those lying around, can we? Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> And I just put the, <laughs> I pull out the smaller bag because I'm keeping the the bag of holding. So like, uh, yeah, you want to keep your bag of holding, and you have the bag that was like meant to hide the blood shards. Yeah, but you've gained so much of them that you kind of like pour some of the blood shards on the desk from the bag of holding and give the shards from, uh, the shards that Duncan originally gave you. That like yeah. dampens the yeah. blood uh, blood shard effect. Well, this is a lot more than Duncan had promised. Um, makes sense why it took you so long to get to me. And he picks up the shard, he looks at them, he starts to sort them into piles, and he goes by the color. You notice that the deep red ones are all the way um, on the right, and the see-through ones are all the way on this left. And he is separating them, he's quickly shifting through them, and he has like a little monocle where he's like checking them, and he goes, Can we okay. not do this in front of me? This is <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Oh, we'll get to you in a moment, Armos. You tell uh, you tell your little friend to be patient. And he oh begins God. to sift through and he goes, Armos, Armos, we should take one of those. Ask him for one. As he's doing that, I wanna <laughs> ask him, um, so why are like why are you separating them? What is the difference between all of these? He takes one of each and he puts it in front of you. He goes, The first thing you're gonna notice is that one you cannot see through. And one you can see oh. through. Now this is very obvious. Oh. Yes, yes. And it's take notes. Take. Oh, I got it. The reason for this is because this is a what we call a charged blood shard. Charged blood shard. Mm. This contains the souls of many. This has been used in various murders, acts of hate, or poor victims that were in a wrong place at the wrong time. This one is empty. This one is ready to be charged. Those who follow in a crystal's footsteps try to get these charged blood shards in which they can use them for various dark rituals and magic or make sacrifices to their great creator. Um, Drell is just making the most awkward why is everyone staring Side at eye. me? <laughs> eye contact with Armos. Why is everyone staring at me right now? <laughs> the reason why we separate them is that Ugh. here at the Divider, we are dedicated to learn more about these blood shards and keep them away from the public. Keep them away, deep red ones safe, in hopes that we can free the souls within them. We don't expect to bring them back to life. That is beyond our comprehension and our abilities. There's only so long that somebody could be dead and bring them back within certain means. Nothing short of a miracle, you would say. However, we believe that one day we'll be able to free the souls so that they may pass on to their next life, where they deserve to be, whether that be in the Nine Hells or in their rightful place in heaven, so with the gods that they worship. Uh -huh. But they cannot get there if they are trapped in here. And he puts oh. them off to the side. So you're actually saving the souls. You're not 
damning them in to internal hell or anything we, and then i make more eye contact almost i thought we kind of i thought we went over this yeah so what <laughs> what happens to the souls like uh it's just a, a random example like what would happen to the souls i'm okay. just thinking off the top of my head if someone like crushed them into their hand oh there's a good what, point, uh, and I look back at Drell. Yeah, because we just fought a guy, and he did it twice, so it was real weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the... That's a really good diversion. Are you familiar <laughs> with what a phylactery is? Oh, I'm not into that. What? A phylactery is an item that is charged through certain magical means. Typically, these are common among liches. Absorbing souls so they may keep their life going. Oh, that's not what I thought you said. Now, you may be more familiar with this as the term acrylic shard may come into your mind. An acrylic shard is powered by these blood shards. An acrylic shard held by few may absorb the power of these blood shards to cast powerful dark magics. Mm. More mm -hmm. commonly known as blood magic. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. And there are, what color are those ones? The acrylic shard looks more of like a perfect gem. Yep. They are normally uh -huh. socketed or come from great magical items. So an acrylic right. shard can be formed. From what we gathered, the acrylic shard is either A, gifted to a select few from a crystal himself, or... Mm. They are formed from great, powerful ancient artifacts. Hmm. Okay, good to know. Hmm. So, couple things. First, <laughs> I just want to make sure you get this paperwork, and I put Yuri's paperwork on the desk. Uh, yeah, this is the guy that uh, kind of blew up Dilmore, so uh, I just want to make sure you have those plans. Obviously, Drell gave you that. Uh, I think Drell has a few blood shard arrows as well he can give you. This is a great segue. These weapons that you are handing over, this is how blood shards get charged through the arms of their servants. Now, it is within my understanding and a well-informed guess that you have run into the Red Dawn by now. Yeah, you, you can say that. These blood shards have been charged by the members of that guild. They go around, they kill, they slash, and then once the blood shard is charged, they hand it over to their superiors, and then they repeat the process. Uh, mm. Now I understand I may be throwing a lot of information at you. There's a lot to absorb. Like get blood it? shards. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's what he's saying. I think uh, we all get it. Uh, that's a good one. I got something for you. You have his attention. What about this? And I pull out my blue gem. What kind of, what would you say about something like this? You see his face for the first time show emotion. He is surprised. He takes the gem and he looks at it. Then he takes his little monocle and he zooms in on it. Oh, we didn't say he could be. Touch it, but okay. <laughs> where did you find this? First, why don't you tell us what it is? Armos is getting skeptical. <laughs> this is an acrylic shard that has been purified. Something that we've been trying to achieve since many years ago when a crystal first came to Cumbrea. There's only one person I know who came up with this idea and almost achieved oh, it. God, he's he disappeared a long oh, no. time ago. No. Wait. Oh, yeah, that Bowden guy, right? He looks at you and goes, yes, the Grand Wizard Bowden. 
Yeah, uh, I think he might be a Nothic now. How do you mean? I don't know. Like when we went there, there was one of his books had a page folded on the Nothic section and this Nothic's been following us. It's been, it's just a big thing. Oh, uh oh, uh oh, oh, I'm putting it all together now. You see that he, he puts the gem down and he's like, he leans back in his chair and he slumps and he's just staring at it and he's tapping his fingers along his desk. Oh no. no, no. <laughs> you said he's been following you. Oh yeah, yeah, he sure has. It's quite the accusation for for a great wizard such as him to turn into a Nothic. Are you sure it's him? Oh, not yet. I mean, we fought him yesterday. Yeah, I, I was trying to make sure, but... Yeah, Luckily. one time I even said, hey, Bowden, and it turned its head and looked at us real quick. <laughs> Make me just have to check. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. Just kidding. <laughs> 14. JK, JK. I don't believe you. That's good, because I wasn't serious. <laughs> have you tried communicating with it? Oh, it, it, well, I was it, trying to capture it, but it ran away before we could try and communicate with it. Yes. It ran away. But that's how I saw it. How did you see yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yep. He sits back up and he goes, that is quite the story and a theory. However, Nothics typically tend to be more on the evil, chaotic mm. side. Now, that doesn't sound like the Bowden I know. However, I haven't seen him in quite some time. So any theory is not beyond me and I'm always open to suggestions. However, that is a wild theory uh. we had. As Bowden is not that type mm. of wizard that I know. I'm just saying, when we went there, he wasn't there. Nothic page folded. Yep. Nothic following us. You th yeah, you think you know a guy, you know? Armos is, like, <laughs> pissed that he's now just putting this all together. Like, that he, <laughs> he finds himself pretty clevered, but, uh... Armos, you gotta, you gotta take... You gotta take notes like Minus and I, and I look over at Minus and I'm just copying his notes. <laughs> May, you gotta keep up. Oh, May, wow. We have been trying to achieve this for many years. May we keep this? What? If we say no. <laughs> Wait, we know someone with a blue shard as well. I kick Menace in the shin. <laughs> you see two? <laughs> and he like stands up and he's his, uh, his he's like leaning over the desk. And he goes, uh, you see another and he is nine feet tall. You need to get out more. I look up, I look to Drell, I look up, I look to Armos, I look up. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he takes out a handkerchief and he rubs the sweat off his brow. This is a lot to take in. <laughs> he looks out, he turns towards the windows and he looks back at you. He goes, okay, what we are trying to achieve here is a way to stop a Christo. Well, that guy's dead though. He's not here. No, right? Christo is not dead, but he is not connected mean? to this world right now. However, Whoa. one of you do walk among him. He looks at you, Armos, and then he looks at Reginald. We all turn our heads. <laughs> Everything's coming together right now. Drell scoots his chair in the opposite direction. Of yeah, we Armos. both just kind of. <laughs> uh, you know, I like attacking things. I don't like being attacked. <laughs> this is crap. Show him the book. Show him the thing. Uh, no, he's gonna try to take Why the not? book. He could help you. Uh, this is like literally the one guy that could help us. Reginald is quiet. He He's looking at Reginald and you. I put the book on the desk with Reginald next to it. As, and then just 
put my hands out like, this is what I'm dealing with. He looks at the tome, and then he looks at the acryl shard in the tome. And he goes, as I suspected. And he sees that the gem is glowing and it's deep red. So you have been charging the shard heavily. I kind of have to, to live. It's kind of uh, the problem. Oh my gosh, that's what he's been doing at night. <laughs> you see that he doesn't touch the tome. And he just looks at it. Mm -hmm. He looks at Reginald. He looks back at the tome. Something tells me you're not going to explain anything. And he looks at Reginald, and Reginald's just staring back. Wow, this is the first time he's ever been quiet. <laughs> what is your contract that you've made with this demon? Uh, Who is your contract with? Uh, I mean, some guy in this other realm... There's whales in there. There's a you know bone whale. That's, that's kind of cool. But uh, writes down bone whale on a piece of paper. Yeah. And then there's like a big bridge, but it's not all the way there, and it's leading to a castle. castle. Yeah. Drell Drell writes down. I knew we shouldn't have wrote our names in that book, and shows Menace's <laughs> notepad. Now Menace is putting his own logic together, going. <gasps> so yeah, it's the big man. It's a Christo. He tosses some papers off his desk as he turns around in rage. He takes like some, like a heavy uh, paperweight and he throws it across the room. And it lands on the floor and it rolls away as it leaves some cracks in the floor. With his back towards you, he looks over his shoulder. He goes, how far is the bridge? Halfway. I squint a little. Did you know about a bridge drill? I didn't know about a bridge. What fucking bridge? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> oh, you guys haven't been taking notes? Drill, you have seen the bridge for a minute when you died. And the... Uh, yeah, when you popped up in this world because you signed the book. <laughs> Fuck, I do know what Will is talking about. <laughs> you know what that bridge symbolizes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's coming together pretty quick in this conversation. That is the bridge between his world and out. Yep. Figuring that out. And the more you fill that tome, the closer and stronger his connection to this world is. Mm-hmm. That more monster that you've been lugging around oh, and this showing one. our <laughs> constructs and have now dragged into my office mm -hmm. is the result of the connection between our worlds. This wasn't happening a year ago because there was no connection. The stronger you connect our worlds together, the worse the things are going to get. And unfortunately, whether you decide to stop or continue, it is going to happen. The cogs are in motion. The Red Dawn know this. Oh. And whether you continue it or not, they are going to complete that bridge. Because the original person who formed the bridge the first time is still alive. Who is that? Vero Grimgar. Oh. Oh, yeah, we met that guy. Do you know his location? Kind of. And I look at Armos again. <laughs> we have a strong guess, but we have been able to get eyes on him because the city is currently shut down by the Queen of Aramor, the city of Stratham. I mean, I, I know I asked for something. I'm pretty sure Armos asked for that exact thing because <laughs> Ritz Gulak is with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I want to do. That's the whole point of all this. All I want to do is get that SOB. So you're willing to damn the world to get to that for revenge. If it means getting my dog back, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> we got our own priorities. <laughs> Rubbing his cheek with his finger as he's thinking to himself and smacks his lips. Sir. 
Armos is getting pissed at this point. It's true that every, all bad news has a silver lining. And this silver lining is pretty bright. And he looks back at the purified acrylic shard on the on his desk. We have been trying to make that with Bowden's notes. We think this is the solution. But we haven't been able to make it. Because those that can craft weapons of the blood shards are hard enough to find, let alone finding someone that was able to purify it and finding someone who could socket it into a weapon. Oh, into a weapon. Oh. Well, that's a great idea. We had a group of adventurers once that we tried to do this. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah, what's up? When when do you think a crystal's first appearance into Humbrea was? A hundred years ago. Mm, wasn't it like, what do you say? Like 200 years ago? <laughs> no. That was the second time. Oh. But not many people know this because evidence of the first event were destroyed when it happened because it was far more devastating. If it wasn't for Horatio, leaving with a crystal in the city of Thalor, the world would be in a much dire state right than it is right now. Armos. Armos, that's where you're from. The reason why there is no news or very little evidence of the first encounter with the crystal because it was in a heartland and the heartland which you guys know is the continent uh, across across the ocean, is one of the four major continents of Humbrea, was completely wiped out when he first came because he ravaged and pillaged the land. And everybody who lived within the heartland was eventually gone. It is currently still a wasteland to this day. I kind of roll an insight check to see if he's telling us the truth on that. Go for it. Fuck. An 11. <laughs> it's very compelling. Who's the guy that left with uh, Christo? Horatio. Yeah, Minister, did you ever read one of the books as you were a kid? So you know that the Red Catastrophe, like being like the first event, and you know the name Horatio is a bit of a household name. Some people don't believe it actually happened because it was so long ago. Um, but you know that a crystal came and he took Horatio with him, and upon that agreement, um, a crystal left Humbrea, and Thalor went with it as an outcome. That was crazy. I was there when it happened the second time. I watched Horatio get taken by a crystal. I've watched the city of Thalor get blown up simply by him leaving. We believe that when he came again, we would have the proper tools to fight him. We don't, we simply do not have the weaponry to take him on or his army. Unless we use the purified acrylic shard against him. And perhaps building, finishing that bridge is necessary and getting rid of a crystal once and for all. Oh my god, I'm so glad you said that. Give me some blood shards right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Theoretically, is there a way if if it, you do your science stuff, is there a way we could purify Armos's tome? There's only one person who would know how to do that, and that is Bowden. Dang it. We have been studying quite some time and whenever we think we're close it's two steps it's one step forward and two steps back whenever we think we have it just right it shatters and it breaks and we only perform those experiments when we think we have a really sound formula because unfortunately we have to do it with shards and gems that contain the souls of many and it's hard deciding on who gets to live and who gets to die but it is possible to purify that gem. So, 
real quick. Um, you know, hypothetically, if we if we did see a second one, you see the second one? You, no. <laughs> do you know why the person that is holding it would tell us we, they need to keep these separate? Like they need to stay away from each other. I th- I didn't know these really existed until now, but I would assume the person who've created them don't want them in one spot in case one gets taken away. Would be my mm. first thought. Well, then, if we let you borrow this one, we will not be telling you anything about the second one. I mean, uh, if there was one, we wouldn't tell you about it. He squints at you. For safety reasons. Mm. I look left and right. <laughs> I don't think I contact him. For safety reasons, of course. Yes. I am begrudgingly willing to accept. And I think it's best that if I was perhaps compromised, which is always a possibility, that perhaps I shouldn't know where the second one is. Right, exactly. In addition to this, while we have been trying to recreate from these notes to create a purified Acrylis gem, we have sent out several scout troops to find a blacksmith that might be able to socket one of these gems. Oh, we know a guy. You're telling me that you have a purified gem and you know a blacksmith? (laughs) <laughs> Do you get out of this castle? I feel like we've just been stumbling uh, upon some of the greatest no. people there is. Tell me okay. his name. Well, I mean, he's a pretty cool guy. His name's Ulrich. Ulrich Shield Dust. He smiles as um, he laughs to himself. <laughs> Ulrich is a great, very talented blacksmith, but he is not one of the blacksmiths we are looking for. Oh, man. I was really hoping he could use this cool hammer, and I just pull out the hammer. Just get out of my bag. <laughs> he f- his face drops. He goes, "Oh my! Today has been quite a day." Dennis, oh. Dennis, get out of my bag. What? And I he like takes this, a sip of ale. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, put this back it's in the bag. It's my hammer. Is that Rin's hammer? No, it's Drell's hammer. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it was originally called, I think it originally was Ren's Hammer, but yeah, now it's Drell's. Okay, sure, sure. You got a lot of pieces to the puzzle here. I am quite shocked, and I now I'm glad that it took you this long to get here, because I can see why. Well, Drell. unfortunately, this- Drell. Hold on, hold on, sidebar, sidebar. Drell, come here. <clears throat> Armos, get over here. Uh, me too. Okay. Yeah, no, do you think he'll give us like a, a big reward for this stuff? I'm just saying. Well, yeah, Menace, I'm not going to give all this stuff to him for free. I'm not an idiot. Okay, we're on the same page. Wait, same yeah. page. What, you think I'm giving him the gem? Like, yeah. the gem ain't leaving my sight. Yeah, I mean, we'll give him the gem, but for whoa, a lot of money. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> There better be a lot of blood shards in there. What? Oh, what are we going to do with the gem? <laughs> we can't, we don't know science stuff. Yeah, anyways, anyways, I and I and I break back up the, the yep. huddle and I go, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, a lot of this stuff that we've gotten we've we've gotten from the red dawn so this hammer the attack plans all of that is was in one room which after discovering it we shortly had a conversation with vero so it's great we have it now but it kind of shows i think what the other side is preparing for he's stroking his beard as he's listening intently and he goes i didn't think the red dawn would have this information this is truly unsettling, but it's good knowledge to know. If they have this hammer, and you have the purified gem, this is a great setback for them. They are aware that perhaps these gems could do some serious damage and thwart their plans. Oh, they don't know we have these gems. 
but they know about the gems and he shifts through the papers again that you handed him and he takes out the piece of paper uh that says abomination gem that has it circled oh yeah i guess they do yeah he goes but they know that it exists they just don't know where they are we had an adventuring party odin adventured with two others for the same goal one of them did not return and the, uh, the blacksmith we are looking for is missing scoreus oh yeah that guy we have several scout parties looking in the north south of most southern point of trillis and into the kambuki isles they have been gone for some time we rotate scouting parties and we have not found any blacksmiths or scoreus that are capable of doing this job just yet but we are vigilant we have the tool we have a gem we may or may not have location of a second gem we don't <laughs> hypothetically yeah and even if we did for your sake we wouldn't tell you i'm a man of numbers and statistics but i've always been against of fate and destiny but by the gods when it's when it's lying before you you just sometimes you have to you just have to yield to the facts i believe there's a reason why you are here today Sometimes you just need the blessings of the gods in this. I, I believe this is what it is. Yeah, and that reason is Duncan. Good man. Duncan is a very good friend. I haven't heard from him in quite some time. Yeah, we haven't either. He could be on holiday. I hope he is. Settle down. Could have settled down. It's been a couple of months since we last seen him. We are aware of the corrupted presence in Gilo. I believe they know that we know that they know that we know. That we know they know we know they know. I know. Tell me, what is your next move? Uh, probably heading to the Red City. That's where that guy is, I think. Do you know anything about Stratham? No. Okay, well, the city is locked down by the Queen Aramor herself. Practically half her militia is stationed outside of the city, keeping all things out and away from that city. Oh, yeah? Well, do they know about people that could do this? And Minus goes invisible. Poof! <laughs> there are many great wizards among their ranks that can do that. Of course. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm not that special. Dang it, Sid. I thought that was going to be cooler. That was going to be a cool moment. <laughs> Is there a way to get in, or what do you think we should do? Because well, we got to go kill this frog thing for Armos. Please. That's all I want to do. If we can do it a better way... You know, if we can be more prepared for it, I mean, I'm obviously all for that. Believe me, with my rage, I think we're ready. We're really prepared. How can we help each other? Yeah, well, first, uh, you know, we did just have a team huddle. These items, by the way, obviously are not going to be free. Um, I think you probably already know that as well. Um, but yeah, go ahead and answer Minister's question. And Drell, like, kind of backs out. <laughs> <laughs> of course, for, for your troubles, you will be compensated. Yes. I don't know of any sound way of entering the Red City short of the Queen's Blessing. However, that city is just not an abandoned city. It is a city overrun with monstrosities. It is a fallen city. It was the old capital that fell when a crystal first came. We were lucky to barely get the King of Aramor out of there before he fell deathly ill from its, from its, uh, from its attacks shortly died a few weeks later what we know the city is overrun with demons from his very realm that just didn't go back 
the militia is stationed out there not to keep people out, to protect people from going and keeping whatever evil within its walls. We also have a strong hunch that is probably <laughs> the Red Dawn's main hideout, so to speak, there. Their lair, yes. if you will. My guess is you'll probably have to find another way than the main road to get in. Uh, but unfortunately, I do not have those plans because, well, our, our objective lies elsewhere. What if you had, uh, theoretically, a cool lantern that could, uh, you know, plane shift? He, he eyes your fell Ogburn, and he goes, Going through the land of the fell could be, could be one way for sure. Okay. What you like, see uh, on the other side, you may not want to wander so carelessly. Team huddle real quick. And then mm. I gather yeah, the team yeah. back up and I go, Okay, um... So obviously we want to go kill the, you know, the the little frog guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if we go help find this uh, blacksmith to maybe like help give us better gear and weapons? If if they're able to make these shards into weapons, I mean, and we go in oh. there like it would probably be a lot easier. Get prepped so we can really do a number exactly. On this guy. It's up to Armos, though, because, I mean, yeah, we know where he is, but, I mean, it's, if you want to go, we can. But, I mean, if you would rather you go think, to Armos? the Kabuki Isles uh, and find this blacksmith first, then... Ugh. I'm also down to go in. Axes are blazing. You tell me. I mean, it's totally not... Uh, I also don't want to go to the Fight Club or anything. That's not part of the reason why I'm trying to convince you to go down there. <laughs> Drell folds the uh, Fight Club flyer back up and puts it back in his bag. <laughs> the Kabuki fighting pits. Yes, uh, the flyer yes. you found in, in Dilmore. <laughs> Among other flyers. Armos definitely just wants to go, to go there and just handle this guy now that he knows where he's at to get his little grubby mitts on him. But at the same time, like... He sees some sense into what Drell's saying, and so he's gonna leave it up to Menace. Hey, how about this? I'll flip a coin. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All right, Raven. Raven's head is uh, Kambuki Isles, and Raven's tail is. Uh, Are you flipping uh, the Shadowfell right coin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they using the Raven coins. Okay, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Menace. Do I mean, there's an. I mean, I have the fighting pits down huh. there. I mean, you have to go to the Kabuki Isles anyways, right? We could just knock all of that stuff out at one time. I was going to say, I thought Menace would be jumping all over, getting that Hydra action. I flip I flip the coin up in the air. Zing, 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 zing. And I, uh, I yell in the air, Heads! We're going to the fighting pits, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Just rolled a D4. <laughs> nice. So the three of you are heading to the Kambuki Isles. Well, first, let me compensate you. Please. Oh, it's kind of rude. He was just listening into our conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Nope, you're right. Go, 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 go. <laughs> back up, back up. Wow. Okay. No, 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 it's fine. Well, He's Dan more like... Pro- Minus kind of proclaimed it, so I figured. <laughs> yeah. <My bad. laughs> I picture it more like he was trying to listen in, and he was just like hunched over us, like listening yeah. to everything we were saying. <laughs> so you're saying we need to find a blacksmith for this hammer, right? One talented enough to use it, yes. Yeah, we'll find this guy. I've got business there anyways. I'm uh, nervous to go there, but maybe it's time. We'll uh, we'll definitely take care of that for you, or at least try. 
speaking of which, you haven't uh, happened to hear of a the mythical three-headed hydra that Kimbuki has, have you? Um, no, can't say I've I've witnessed or heard any knowledge of that. Let me ask you another <sighs> question. Have you heard of Miranor? Um, I've had heard some rumors about the uh, warrior I named Miranor. That much. Um. <laughs> It's not like we need to know. Anything I try to get, more. you know, I try to keep tabs on the neighboring villages, and I've had yeah. some heard of achievements uh, from Gilo, you know, fighting uh, Miranor. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, kicked out a couple of bugbears from the village uh, about mm -hmm. a year ago. Um, that was heard us. He actually happened. Now that you mentioned slaying a Hydra, heard it was a hot item menu from uh, Novo, one <sighs> of the traveling food carts. Allegedly. 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 I mean, I, I don't, I don't get out of the fortress nowadays very much. But I already uh, poached it. <laughs> Where are the three of you heading? Uh, we're gonna go ahead and go to uh, the Kabuki Isles and find you this blacksmith. Well, please, the three of you lodge here for the night. Okay. Rest, and I can provide transport to Aramore, where you can find yourselves a boat to get to the Kabuki Isles. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up? What, what is this reward that we're supposed to be getting? Oh, yeah. We're bringing oh, you whoa. these amazing things and all this information. Gold? I'm assuming you want gold. Well, really cool well, items. Magic you know, stuff. I don't know. You got magic yeah, stuff. So, I mean, we could peruse. You got the book. You know what? Uh, magic items? Trinkets and curios for your adventure? Items and uh, adventuring gear? I'm sure we can sort something out. Um, cool. Tell you what, as you right. lodge, as you lodge here, see, we are... We don't really sell items, but we do store magical items for various experiments. How about you uh, submit some paperwork to my staff, and then we'll see what we can do. Is there anything you're looking for in particular? Um, anything you think would help in your adventure, and we will do the best of our abilities yes. to fulfill those orders. And on top of that, we will give you uh, a sum of gold for your troubles and the extra items you have brought Lovely. All right. That sounds right. good. We'll put in the right. paperwork. Sounds uh, good. Our people will talk to your people. Yeah, well, our people will talk to your people, and we'll stay in contact. Last last thing before we go, do you know what this does? And I pull up the flask. The flask with the great evil inside of it? And he goes, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's my flask. Melora. Oh, Melora, you have one of those, too. Of course. Why Why wouldn't you have one of those? <laughs> and he I told you we're goes, collectors. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let me try and open it real quick. Three, no, please. As, no, as, we as have he... a few of these. What is inside one of these, and I am going to implore that we hold on to this for safekeeping. Uh, no. Do you have any empty ones? We have a couple of full ones. What you have here is an iron flask. Now, an yeah. iron flask is an item that mm -hmm. is commonly used to hold a creature. We know, I mean, we know what it does. Yes. Oh, great, yeah. great. I am I'm wizard-splaining to you. I am so sorry. So, um, what's inside here is... Most likely a demon of Beloon. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. We have a few of these. We don't, they are very troublesome to deal with. So rather than unleashing them and potentially killing hundreds and thousands of people, we just keep them locked up in a very secure room. Mm. And we will deal with them once the greater problem is dealt with. Hopefully, uh. if the greater problem is dealt with, then these will uh, go away. But that's optimistically thinking, of course. Do you have any empty ones? Iron flasks? Oh, yeah. um, yes, we can put that with your goods, of course. Um, uh, and you see that he like reaches over idea. his desk. He reaches over, and there's like a, a little bell that he rings. Ding, ding. And you see through the iron doors, two um, people walk in in white and blue robes. 
and you see the Lord Baron calls over and he goes, Nihilus, Mulin, please come on over here. Please see our guests. They are properly lodged for the night and see that they are um, well comfortable taken care of. They're also going to give you uh, later tonight a list of items and requests as they are um, going to have a great journey starting tomorrow uh, as, and make sure that they have proper transport to the city of Aramore. Sign um, two constructs and two guards and um, get some of our best Clydesdale. We want them there most haste. Um, yes. And we will we will make sure they are uh, fit for fit for travel. And you see oh. Nihilus and Mulan goes Yes, of course, Lord Baron. Um, you see that they are both half-elves. And they look very similar. One is a female and one is a male. And they take a bunch of the paperwork and they go, we will make sure they are properly accommodated and these um, their needs are taken care of. And they look to you, they bow, and they quickly leave. And Lord Baron goes, why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and follow them and you will be properly lodged and I will see you tomorrow morning with your requests. Um, before we leave, I, as everyone else starts to leave, I run over to Lord Baron and I go, uh, is there any way you can, like, maybe include some, uh, blood shards for the, uh, attic we got over there? Because I think he's starting to have some severe withdrawals. And I know you talked about, you know, possibly finishing the bridge would be a good thing. So anything that would keep him functioning, uh, that'd be great. You see Reginald is like, he's turning his head like an owl. As he looks at them, he goes, and Lord Baron goes, Yes, but we're going to give him some of the translucent ones. Uh-huh. That's fine. That works for me. Trust me, I'm to. on your team about this. I've been fighting this guy the whole time about it, but <laughs> I'd rather have him useful, you know, on our journey. So he takes, uh, he takes a few and he hands them to you and he goes, Please try to ration these as we don't want to, um, we don't want to keep using these. Um, you know, although they are clear, they may have a soul in them. It's entirely possible, but um, for the greater good, for the greater good. Um, and I guess the last thing um, I've before we leave, I think Drell's just going to ask him. Oh yeah, uh, Lord Baron, have you talked to my aunt Dory recently, or anyone from my tribe? Dory, oh that's a name I haven't heard in years. Dory is your aunt, so I guess that means Brax is your father. Oh God. <laughs> I thought I yeah. saw a resemblance. Yep, that's him. You wouldn't happen to have your father's axe, would you? Oh, I know that was a big lord dump, but it's basically all the important stuff you need to know about before I continue. It's the reason we left for the Kambuki Isles and why our quest is so dire. Some could say it's much more important than a quest to fight a mythical creature that may or may not exist, but I digress. The next morning, we got some upgraded gear. I got a super cool, epically awesome, ultra-sweet cart that follows me around and holds lots of stuff and goes invisible like me. I bet you didn't know I can go invisible now. (laughs) I bet you can't do that. What was I saying? Oh, right. We, we left Lord Baron's Divider and made a few pit stops along the way to see Para, my dragonborn friend, and Frederick Juniper, the mayor of Gilo. Frederick was acting pretty weird, though, when we saw him. So you begin to throw rocks at Frederick Juniper's window. I accidentally like, hey. pick up one of the SIDs and I throw it, not realizing that it's a SID and it's <laughs> n- not just a normal rock. Sid Jr. the third. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Rachel's laughing. <laughs> Nerd. 
and as you bank these rocks off his window you see a light come on and as uh you see a a burly lioness uh, lion figure open the window with a candle and he has a nightcap on and red maroon pajamas just like the first time you met him in gilo uh back in arc one and he goes who's throwing rocks at my window me eh. oh <laughs> oh hey little fella i didn't hi frederick Ooh. hi uh i just wave hello why why are you throwing rocks at my window we come in we need to talk to you it's an emergency <laughs> it's nighttime and you woke in the missus it's an emergency emergency i didn't realize you only deal with emergencies during business hours in the background i know come on we saved the town i told you we need to get the guard back but you said no it's an invasion on our privacy i told you don't know me through rocks in the window before I, I told you we should keep a guard here but no you said it's a waste of resources we come in no um we're hold on and he closes the window again and he travels downstairs you see the light travel within the window as he's holding a candle and he walks outside in the rain and <laughs> he's like <laughs> he has like a little umbrella over him and he goes he meets you at the gate i didn't think i'd see you um again to be honest but uh i can't imagine uh, what was it like a year year now yeah yes drill almost and mirador yes i remember the three of you helped us with that bugbear problem my name, reading my teeth, is Minus. Oh, I'm Pebble Walker. Oh, Minus. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, it's just, uh, I remember your names from when there was a lot of chatter around town. Um, after you uh, defeated the bugbears. Yes. So I guess maybe the name got a little bit skewed. Wow. Uh, within the rumors, but... Happy to have you back. Wish we could talk at better circumstances. Perhaps I can interest you in an early morning meeting tomorrow. No, we want to meet now. He sees the tankards in your hands and he's like, hmm. Look, we just came back here because we actually give a shit about this town. We decided to let you know that Edelrim Beckford is in cahoots with the Red Dawn and Vero Grimgar. And he's going to screw over your entire town. You cannot trust him. And if you could just tell us where he is, we'd handle this whole situation for you. Just like we did with the bugbears. Then lot you can of go shit. back to sleeping with your little nightcap on, you furious lion. You lose a lot of heat in your head when you sleep, okay? It keeps you very warm. All right? So, first of all, please, name calling. Keep it at a minimum. Second, he's out on a pilgrimage. Um, last I known, he, had, he was heading... Uh, eastward. I don't know his exact locale. Uh, these pilgrims tend to take uh, several moons, perhaps a fortnight. We just came here mainly because we're not staying long and we needed just to tell you. He's probably telling you that he's out on a pilgrimage and, and probably doing something more in the shadows that has to do with the Red Dawn. Well, we haven't had any problems here with Adoram. Um Well, of course not, because he's probably using this to, you know, keep us... All right, fine. You know what? Don't worry. Just don't trust us then and see how it all works out. He sent an assassin to stab me, literally in the back. Yeah, he tortured me in a fucking chamber in Shadowfell. So you're saying we saved your city, we came here in the middle of the night to let you know, and now you're just going to act like it's hearsay? That's it. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, just don't keep a guard at your house and see how it works out when he uh, decides to screw you guys all over. Hmm? And uh, Drell decides to walk away. 
he look definitely looks a bit puzzled as he's scratching his chin. I'm just, you know, a letter would have done fine. Um, that gets intercepted. Mm -hmm. I just, I haven't seen you in mm -hmm. a very fair did amount you, of time. Did and you then forget you just the part where my... we were in, trapped in Shadowfell? We didn't tell him that part yet. I thought we just said it. Did we not? Oh. Well, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, Shadowfell, yes. Drell, Drell alluded to it. I mean. Yeah, so we were trapped in It's a long story. Listen, just be careful. Watch out for Adoram. We wanted to get this message to you through face-to-face -face contact so nothing got intercepted and be safe, okay? Persuasion check. With advantage. Ooh, let me do that. Because he likes uh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Manus did it. Uh, he has to do it. What is my persuasion? I <laughs> uh, get to reroll once. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a 10. <laughs> As you explain the situation to him, he looks at you. He's like nodding along and he's not being disrespectful in his demeanor. But he then sniffs. He goes, hint of blueberry. I see. I'll tell you what, Minus. Huh. You did help us with the bugbear problem many moons ago. And we have not forgotten as a town. We will heed your words. And I do appreciate you coming to me about this. Um. Full, full transparency, we haven't had an issue with Adoram, but I will keep my ear to the ground, and your warning did not fall on deaf ears. Well, I appreciate it. Be safe, because we don't want to have another Dilmore over here. Quite the catastrophe Dilmore was. We saved it. Don't forget that. Inside check. Why inside? I can't do persuasion. Wait, did you just roll? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're all doing it, right? Are we? Yeah, roll me an inside check. Twelve. When he says that, he like raises an eyebrow towards you. Oh, that got your attention? He's like, what are you talking about? Well, everything that went down over there was, oh, goodness. This is the same thing that happened with Kimmy Joe, guys. Yes, we are aware of the, the terrible fire that broke out and the city did burn because of it. Um, because of the Red Dawn, um, sir. We had been hearing of cultist activity along the roads, which has hurt the town a little bit. Never heard of the Red Dawn and uh, the, the Great Dilmo <sighs> fire. Oh, my Armos, memory thing. Yep. Here's a piece of paper. <laughs> Do your thing. Give it to him. I start pulling. Uh... Should have done this from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> as you offer, so you go ahead using code thoughts. Uh, as you offer to him, he actually, like, shakes his hand and goes, no, no, thank you. And he steps back from the gate. Mm. Yeah, guys, uh, Drell's already halfway down the hill. Like, I don't know why you guys are still wasting your time. <laughs> Fuck them. Okay. Um, it's getting kind of late. The missus and I do have an early morning. I appreciate the warning and the new information and its urgency. Please enjoy yourselves for the rest of the night and, and stay safe. Armos, since Drell's gone, he talks to, to Menace. I, I got a, not a good feeling. Yeah, me too. About this. Let's get out of here. You see Menace switching juniper from the bestest friend column to the best friend column <laughs> his notebook <laughs> this was a sad day for me Armos. the jury is still out on frederick but i'm sure he'll come to his senses when the truth is uncovered we left gilo for aramor but on our way ran into some more trouble all right stop the cart we'll go check this out uh, i hopped down off the cart for the carriage rather dang i was really looking forward to some snacks i don't like this guys I was gonna say, it looks like a wreck. We, uh, should check inside? Here, yeah, everybody just, like, you know, be cautious. Let's go slowly about this. 
Well, I mean, if can we like here, I have an idea. You have an idea. What do you got? I was just gonna creep around to the side. You got a better idea? <laughs> yeah, I cast. <laughs> My favorite Don't. spell ever. <laughs> no, <laughs> Armos. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I cast darkness on myself and then go and look inside the the cart. I sit down on the ground defeated. All right, Armos. Well, I'll be right here. Let us know what's <laughs> over there. When I have the darkness on myself, I go to the cart to see if uh, there's any survivors still with inside. Yeah, so you go ahead and cast darkness. You see Rudy and Jesslyn who are ready to go with you with their spears out. And then as you cast the darkness, they go, oh, what happened? The shield guard on the carriage goes, magical darkness has entered the area. Drell never even got off the cart and he's just standing next. He was sitting next to the guy, the uh, shield guard. <laughs> Shotgun, he goes, yeah, he kind of just does this all the time. It's kind of like this thing. <laughs> so I guess let him figure it out. <laughs> Understood. Armos does darkness all the time. I just yell, don't forget to check for traps. Don't forget to check for traps, Armos. We'll just be here. Okay. Uh, can't see anything right now. Oh, I hit the cart. I go to the front door. You walk over in your darkness as your devil sight has ignited. Blood is dripping from the door. You look inside as you peek through the window. You see the blood dripping from the door and you see a bunch of nobles in a massacre. They're all like piled on top of each other on the floor of the ca carriage. And then you hear and you look to your left and right and there are four more demons going nuts trying to like bang and get out as these giant gibbling mouths are see you and they instantly bang on the door like boom 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 as they as they just see a figure standing there and they are now banging against the door throwing their bodies against to it trying to get at you everybody roll me initiative they can see me they can see in magical darkness they can see him oh no 19 i get to re-roll that <laughs> wow great initiative roll i got an eight <laughs> I got a six. We are going to start at the top of the round as Armos sees these uh, little monstrosities banging up against the window. And Reginald is like, oh, can we keep one this time? Come on. Can we keep one? Armos, can we keep one? No. <laughs> Jarrell, as you hear the commotion of the car, but can't quite see, what are you doing? So, like, I mean, yeah, like, these are kind of like the horse I had uh, <laughs> except they're Clydesdales and I think the other one I had was black and gray uh, so uh, and then uh, he, I think he's like talking to the, the shield guard that just like literally isn't even responding to him he's just looking forward waiting for his next order and I think I'm just gonna just yell is uh, everything okay in there I want to just hold my turn to um, I guess I can just get off. Like it, since I heard the commotion, I'll just make my way. I'll, I'll get off and make my way over to Armos. You enter the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Drell's just officially not even phased by it anymore, and he's just like it's kind of uh, just something you know. You know, when you guys had a blank check, that's what you should ask for to see in the magical darkness. <laughs> yeah, I need goggles that can see in magical darkness. Right. We're gonna go into initiative nine, which are these demons throwing their body at the door. And as they throw their body, you hear boom, 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 boom. As the four more demons burst out of the door, 
Two of them are going to attack you, Armos, and the other two are going to attack Sweet. Drell with a 15 and a 14. Two of them jump and they begin to gnaw on your body as they make massive bites. You're gonna take 28 points of piercing damage as they are biting into you. I need you to roll me a constitution saving check as there's acidic-like saliva burns you. 19. Okay, so as they're gnawing on you, like you feel the saliva almost like getting onto you, but you're able to like knock off, uh, knock them off. They are not latching onto you. The other two are going to attack Drell. Ooh, with a 14 and a eight, those two are going to miss as they just launch past you as you sidestep out of the way. Oh fuck, I hope these aren't more rust bugs. I just got this armor. <laughs> as I can't obviously see what's happening. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, drill, drill, watch out, watch out, step on your side, yeah. Now try to catch one. Is the, is the darkness still up or did... The darkness is still up. Yeah. You're kind of like, uh, Red Shield is giving you call outs. Okay. In the darkness to try to help you out. That's how you're able to dodge out of the way. We're going to move to initiative eight minutes. You guys good in there? Uh, should I do something or like, <laughs> I got my sling ready. I'm looking at Sid. Me. Uh, should I just like throw stuff? Me, me. I'm just going to throw stuff. Just go look out. Okay. I just launched sling bullets into the, <laughs> into the darkness. Menace, I swear to God, if you hit me, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Roll with disadvantage. Yep. Uh, 19 and... Uh, 19 and 17. With the grace of Melora, you managed to hit two of them. Go ahead and roll for damage. As the what? two that tried to bite Drell, uh, you go flink, flink, and four of these sling bullets hit two of them each. Uh, so the first one's 11, and the next one is 12. And uh, I guess that ends my turn. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna chill. <laughs> As these uh, two maw demons I hit get hurt, the two that are attacking Armos uh, appear healthy. As we go to initiative six, Armos, staring down the two maw demons that just bit you, what are you doing? Okay, well, I stop with darkness since that's not working. Darkness drops and you see these maw demons nibbling at Armos and trying to snatch at Drell. Oh, what the fuck? Ah! Oh my god! What is so cute adorable? Look, this one has half the face from the dead person inside. Armos says to himself, I should have done this in the first place. And I cast Burning Hands. Okay, yeah, absolutely. They have to make a dexterity of 16 saving throw. They fail. Sweet. They take 22 damage. <laughs> All four of them drop. <laughs> As they burn, it, burn to a crisp. All four? All four. Rudy and Jessalyn are like... Oh. I'm just picturing it from their point of, point of view. Darkness, they hear all these noises, pebbles go in, and then the darkness goes away. They see these demons, and then they just poof, immediately die. <laughs> you see that the guards are on the ready. They have their spears as the four maw demons are burnt to a crisp. Are they ash or are they just burnt? They're burnt. All right. I take one of them and I throw them on the, on the cart. We may have to prove that this is, uh, this is happening to the next town over. Oh, that's a good point. And I kick one of them. 
<laughs> and it just rolls over, all gross splatters. Oh, oh my goodness. So what's going on in this cart? Oh my God. You look inside the cart and it's just a bunch of, like there's just a bunch of nobles in there. They're oh, just no. hopped and grotesquely decomposed. They look eaten. It looks like the Maw Demons had their fun in there for a little while. Go ahead and make me an investigation check. 12. I'm rolling pretty poorly today. Nine. I have a five. Wow. Let's go. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Not our best showing. The three of you don't find anything of note. I look again. It just no, looks like bloody mess <laughs> inside. It looks horrible. Um, the bodies don't look recognizable as a majority of their fate. Like nothing is intact to bring back to be like, hey, your loved one has passed. These are. That's what I was trying to find. You don't find any identification. I use my cantrip firebolt to burn the other three bodies that weren't on the cart. Just to make sure that they're good in ash at this point. Yeah. So you go ahead and ignite the three bodies with your firebolt. And sure enough, you are convinced that they're dead. Awesome. Really? It's like kicking a dog. <laughs> You're a mean guy. You had to have pets, but I can't have one. Hey, you got a friend now on the cart. You go go say hi to him. He's dead. Uh, I mean, what? Uh, okay. There's a difference between, wanna... between being dead and dead inside. You know, I'll, maybe I'll work on it. We'll see if we can get maybe the next one. Maybe the next oh, yeah, one. That's what you said last time. That's what you said last time. It is still in the middle of the night, and because of the storm, they have not got set aside to make. As a couple of hours pass, everyone make me a perception check. Five. Eighteen. Thirteen. Almost with an 18, as you look out the window, as the storm rages on, the torches on the outside of the carriage barely illuminate your surroundings. Every time the lightning flashes is when you can get good eyes on your environment. And you look out the window, you see as the lightning flashes, there is a figure with a heavy cloak on, off to the side of the cart, riding a massive black direwolf holding a stick of dynamite and lights the fuse using like a, a flame cantrip. And boom, they lobbed that stick of dynamite at our cart. An epic chase ensued as we defeated rider after rider. First the one on the left, then the two from behind, two on top of the cart. And as the rain came down, we took care of the last rider. We don't know why these drow elves are after us, but there is nothing else we could do but press on. After picking up a wolf companion, our group finally made it to Aramor. Welcome to the great city named after its kingdom. The city of Aramor is truly an impressive sight to be seen with an excellent location to be built upon. The city of Aramor was built into a grassy mountain peak onto a cliff overlooking the Evertone Sea. You quickly get an idea of the landscape as the city is built into a lush green vibrant stone mountain carved away into multiple layers. Separated by inner walls and the stairs between them, the layers of the city indicate different districts and markets. At its peak overlooking the Evertone Sea is this fairy tale-esque castle. The castle looks well fortified, very large within the city walls, surrounded by exotic mansions of the upper class. At the base of the city walls are farmsteads and ranches brimming with livestock and food. A well-decorated clean road cuts through the farmland elegantly, leading your caravan to the main city gates of Aramor. As you pass through the outer city farmlands, you travel through its massive city gates. 
And just like in Dilmore, there is a check-in. And when Lord Baron's cart reaches it, the, the construct hands some papers over to the guards and the three of you immediately pass through. Entering the city, your cart travels up a nice paved path and there are houses and buildings built on top of each other with very elegant stone and marble designs. Houses and stores all overlapping each other. You see spiral staircases going from the base all the way to the top. Looks like all these houses have multiple layers of multiple families living within their very clean stone walls. The masonry is just absolutely phenomenal. As you go through, about five minutes pass as the cart goes into a Wainwright and the Lord Baron's guards get off the cart and the construct gets off the cart and they immediately start tending to the horses and check in. Rudy and Jesselyn approach the three of you and goes, well, Jesselyn speaks out. Well, it's been a very uh, interesting journey with you and uh, the three of you are <laughs> Very formidable fighters. Uh, I, I, we're glad we had the help when those those wolf riders came about. Um, glad to have you on our side. Um, but this is the end of our journey, and um, we wish you the best of luck. And the best to you. It was a pleasure having you, even though you didn't really do much. Yeah, I was going to say, on your way back, you might need to go a little faster. <laughs> uh, yes, well, with less, we're going to spend some time in the city. We have uh, a few orders here that we need to, to take care of, but we will... Sharpen, sharpen our swords, so to speak. Oh, so you know the city. Where's the, uh, and I look around, the wild side. Um, I never been to that one, but I'm sure one of the city guards can point you in the right direction. So we found some guards, and we got on our way, heading towards the wild side tavern. But at that moment, I felt an itch, a chill of sorts. Someone familiar was nearby. A ghostly chill as the hair raises ever so slightly on the back of your minotaur neck as your fur rises as you notice a glimpse of the red guard now you have seen flags of the red guard however you do see a group of red guard navigating through the crowd of people you do not see any faces but with a 14 you catch the glimpse of an outside town red guard with the uniform of gilo hey guys you see that no, what? Ah, uh, I think I just saw the Gilo Red Guard hanging Wait, out over what? here. What would the Gilo Red Guard be doing here in Aramore? That's what I'm saying. I I got a weird feeling about this. I just saw him go down that alleyway and I point to where they went. I mean, do you want to follow him? Oh, I don't know if we have time, really. We should really focus on Armos's thing. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm always down to try to, you know, hunt people down and kill. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> down to hunt people down and kill them if they try to kill us, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Adel rims with them, I mean, you and I both have beef. And Armo shares our beef. Beef? Wait, who got beef? Not now, Reginald. Oh, okay. How about you stay a little behind me? I'll tail him a little bit. We can get some information, maybe, and then right. head over to the tavern after that. It's a party tavern. It'll be open late. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. All right. I'll, uh, I'll try and go into stealth mode. And I pull out my cloak that I got from Shadowfell. <laughs> I pull the hood up. You don this cloak and you go as you bellow it around you and everyone around you in the city seems to like stop, stare at you as like your cloak settles and then continues about their day. Well, I get a free bellow too. <laughs> and then Drell's cloak bellows in jealousy and then um, you continue to stealth down the path. Yeah, I'll see if I can tail him a bit. Go ahead and make me a, uh, you're going to make me a stealth check? 
And then you're going to make me a... You're going to make me a perception check to see if you can try to keep on them while stealthing. So you're like, you're Assassin's Creeding right now. You are yeah. navigating through the sea of people. I got a 25 stealth check. Okay. They, okay. And an at 20 perception. You notice that there's three of them. Their backs are turned to you. One is stout, like a dwarf, and the other one looks tall and slender. The other one looks right in the middle, stocky, human. He does not have a helmet on. He is short, um, short military cut hair, colored grayish white, salt and pepper. Looks like he's in his middle age. Similar hairstyle to Adelred. As you follow him with a nat 20, you confirm this is actually Adelram, maybe two of his two of his bodyguards. I put my hands in the shape of an A to drill. Wait, what letters? Drill. What letters? <laughs> <laughs> and I do more of my menace hand signals. Is that an O? I don't know. I don't know. He does it in Minotaur language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just letter A I'm like Minotaur. pushing my hand out really hard, like <laughs> pointing. <laughs> Sid is like pointing to it. <laughs> I write a big A on one of my note card like oh. di- diary pages oh. and then hold it up. Oh, we gotta go. Okay, and then yeah, Drill and Armos follow Menace. You try to hold back on your pacing, just trying to keep them in, in eyesight, seeing where they go. They do happen to be heading in the same direction as you do. And you climb two layers into the massive market district, cascading over the town square where you see all these lavish tents and like a really super extravagant permanent flea market filled with goods, potions, items, and armor. People try to uh, sell whatever they can on the street corner as some people are closing up shop and you got those last few salesmen trying to make their very last buck. Through the noise and haze of your surroundings, you climb into the third layer. They are indeed heading towards immediately the same tavern that you're heading to. The more streets you turn down, still just as busy from when you became in. Looks like everyone's shifting to dinner and getting ready to get drinks for the night. You shift down a dark alley. On either side, there are taverns and bars. Guards are posted on various corners with their uh, with their peepers out as drunk people already begin to flood the streets. The security does look tight around this district. And after a couple of turns, you find yourself in tighter and tighter streets. And then you see a tavern at the end of the road. This tavern takes up most of the street space. It has about three floors dedicated to itself. The outside porch has a couple of broken stools and boxes used for sitting. You see a couple of gnomes and dwarves drinking their ales and cheering along. A reinforced but loose door barely hanging on with drunken yells coming from the inside. And on top of the entrance is a statue of silver boxing gloves with a tavern side that says wild side loosely hanging below it. On the sign is a picture of a wolf wearing boxing gloves. You see Adelram, two of his guards, walk into the bar. Oh my God. Before we walk in, Drell turns to Armos and says, Armos, if we end up fighting them, none of them leave alive. So we ventured into the wild side tavern and we're immediately told not to cause any trouble. Of course, that's exactly what we were looking for. After sneaking around a little bit, we confronted Adelram ourselves. Armos turns the corner. He uh, locks eyes, supposedly, with Adelram and 
shouts. Menace and uh, Drell send their regards. Yeah, behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and Polymorphin. What's the DC he needs to beat? 16? Yes. You come around the corner and your eyes go blood red. Reginald goes, let him have it, bro. Uh, as you begin to cast your spell, an Ada Ram locks eyes with you. And as you cast Polymorph on him, you see that this magical cloud goes to shroud around him as the two other guards look at you. And then, poop, the spell fails as he passes uh. the DC. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. well, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys. <laughs> and then uh, he immediately laughs. He's like, Red one. Uh, his name uh, is fucking Armos, dude. You can at least, you know, call by his name. What do you have a bad memory or something? Yeah, you're it's that pretty senile? fucked up. You're just like calling him by like his identifying characteristics. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, all dick. Yeah. What up, gray hair? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Drell, you look so much better than the last time I've seen you. Yeah, did you miss me, baby? And I kiss Adam. <laughs> mm, that's what I get for uh, not doing the dirty work myself. Maybe I should have stuck around a little bit longer. Yeah, I always knew you were a coward to go on the run. How, how, how's your friend? Did he make it out? I heard you made a little, little pet there. How, did, how exactly did you hear that? Uh, your boys died, so... It's a shame, but, you know, initiates tend to be a little expendable. What were you trying to accomplish here today? Attacking me in the middle of a tavern in a busy city? Following your footsteps. Yes, coward. Talk about you should have done your own dirty work. Look at me, I'm healthy and good. You sent that guy after me and I'm fine. Yeah, look at Menace. At least we're looking you in the eyes. Yeah, bitch. I can't imagine what you're referring to. And he looks at the guards and they laugh among themselves and they shrug. And then he take uh, another swig of their beer. Give me a perception check. Oh, I was just about to ask. A lot of these. That's a 18 for Minus. It's a two. Armos is Actually, it's a three. But two red in the eyes and has <laughs> a six. You, there are people looking at you. You see people from down the hall have stopped talking to look at the commotion. They're drinking along. You see some people below you looking up. And you do see, Menace, that the barkeep actually jutted his head out and looked up at you for a moment and then went back. <clears throat> Gentlemen, were you just going to come in here and start doing your voodoo magic on me and kill me in, in a local tavern? Is that, was that what your plan? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I think he nailed yeah, it. I, I think, think he nailed yeah, it. I think that was pretty much it. That was kind of, kind of the idea. Maybe yeah, beat you unlike up, bring you, you in. we don't, we don't run and do shit in the shadows. Honestly, you probably sent that guy after me because you're so weak. Yeah, can't do we it get yourself. it. You can't imagine what we're referring to. Yeah, we get it. We get yes, it, bro. Super old and weak. Can't do anything yourself. So I had to get yeah, someone else to do it. Yeah, we fucking get it, bro. Oh, no, come back now, Mr. Tough Guy. Yeah, and then you run away and hide like a little bitch. What, would you like to just brawl in the middle of a tavern right now? Is that what you want me to do? Let's go outside. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, I do have some plans here this evening. I would like to watch the the fight tonight, you know? The fight? Yes, the iron scrap. Well, what's that? Well, why else would you come here? The iron scrap? And the guards begin to laugh, and some other people get to laugh. And then um, the gnome that you met on the outside that you gave silver to hops up behind you. He goes, the iron scrap, boys! And he's like, he like jumps on Drell's shoulders real quick, like shakes him a little bit. The iron scrap! 
trap. It's a, you know, it's a weekly fight that happens here. You know, people get into the ring at midnight and then, you know, it gets a little, gets a little bloody, but you know, it's all fair and fun and people bet on who's going to win. You know, hand-to-hand -hand combat, friendly competition. Hmm. Oh, so you just watch Idorim. You don't actually participate. He looks to his two guards like, would you like me to participate? Yeah. Draw. Why not? Do it. <laughs> well, I'd be happy to sign up. You know, I was thinking about just relaxing tonight and making a few friendly bets, but, you know, 5,000 gold and some goods couldn't hurt another night for the winnings. I mean, I, I guess I can go hand-to-hand -hand with an old friend. You'd actually have to win to get the earnings, and I don't think I'm going to let that happen. You think you could go three rounds? I don't even need three rounds. Well, there's three, three fights. I mean, if you're going to do the iron scrap, you got to win a couple of fights. You might see me in the first round. You might see me in the second round. Then I'll see you when I see you. Tell you what, I'll sign up with you. We'll walk downstairs. We'll walk downstairs right now, and I'll sign up, and I'll maybe pull some connections to make sure we get in the first round. What do you say? Hand to hand. Sure, let's do it. How about we make a deal? If Drell beats your ass, you give us some information. And what do I get if I win? Uh, I don't know, guys. What's it get? I didn't think this far ahead. How about you give us that, um... Oh, the bunny? Sure. No, a <laughs> bunny? <laughs> I don't see any bunny here. Uh, <clears throat> and he sniffs the air. He goes, you know, maybe there is a few hairs around. What is up with this fucking town and everyone smelling? It is just the weirdest thing to me. Yeah, everybody's being all sniffy. Yeah, it's gross. And Drella's only because he's sick. Yeah, I've, I'm literally coming down with a cold. <laughs> so, I mean, if you beat me, I guess that, you know... It's just because I'm not feeling very well, but it's beside the point. Oh, making making excuses already, but and he no, gets I'm just up. pointing out the obvious, dumbass. <laughs> he stands up <laughs> and he goes, "Let's go talk to Wolfgang. I will get uh, get us signed up." Yeah, I scrap. Drell nods and he follows Adelrim. But if I win and he gets real close, I want the blood shards in your pocket, <gasps> or maybe I just go tell the guards that you have some. Now I'm surprised you haven't been. Picked up already, we do have uh, some trinkets to source these things out during a red shard ban, but given the circumstances, perhaps I can overlook this little infraction. Deal. Let's go sign up. Two guards get up with them and they eye you two up and down and they walk down the stairs ahead to the bar. Yeah, we head to the bar then. We're no chumps. We signed up for this iron scrap. No problemo. We prepared for the night. Got ourselves together with a quick little training montage. But the iron scrap, I'll be honest, was not exactly what we thought it was going to be. People are tipping over their seats. Bottles are breaking and the tavern workers don't seem to mind and they seem to be partaking. The music picks up as you notice on the stage, you see a couple of gentlemen wearing some suits as some jazz begins to play and it begins to pick up in rhythm. Wow. Oh my goodness. And then you hear some banging from Wolfgang from the barkeep. Bang, bang, bang. All right, you swine. It's getting into the wee hours of the night and everyone cheers. Yeah. You know what that means? And the crowd all looks at each other in suspense and then they all begin to chant together. Ring the bell. The beast can't be quelled. Ring the bell. The beast can't be quelled. Iron scrap. Iron scrap. And then you see Wolfgang ring a little silver bell. Ding, ding, ding. The silver bell rings as for the first time the whole tavern is quiet. Then 
sudden shift in furniture all around you as they begin to clear the floor and a chair goes flying up behind you high above the floor to the second level a table flips and then you hear some tearing of clothes and growling and snarling roar and bear snarls all the patrons begin to transform from ferocious bears leering tigers and burly boars and scrappy jackals the animal the animal patrons begin to party wolfgang behind the bar howls again at everyone's attention as he is transformed into a massive silver wolf with patchy hair looking like he's been through the ringer several times it's time to scrap. Hunger down and place your bets for the first round is about to begin. As the lycanthropes around you begin to move all the furniture, imitating a circle in the center of the tavern. Fuck. Animals of all kinds gather around you. New patrons leave their rooms and overlook the center of the tavern, climbing over the banisters, hanging out like monkeys and wild animals perched on the banisters on all three of the floors. You turn around and you see a massive muscular panther standing at nine feet tall, staring at the three of you with two smaller tiger guards wearing red guard pants as their armor looks like it's bursted from the top and you hear a familiar voice. I knew you weren't going to be much of a fight, but I didn't think it would be this easy. Let's see if he passes the first round. And as he speaks to you, this large panther in chainmail pant armor, you see two large furry tendril tentacles with a light glow at the tips unwrapped from behind his back, revealing that Edelram is a were-displacer beast. And then you turn to look at Drell in his tiny mouse form as the silver bell has forced everybody to transform into a lycanthrope form. Drell, Ormos, and I were at quite the disadvantage. You see, this is a lycanthrope bar, and at night they conduct a were-battle fight club. Why tell you in boring journal writing when I can drop some bars? Y you know what time it is, Tony? No. You know what time it is? No. It's time what? for a recap freestyle. Hanging at the wild side. Tavern better running hide. Your children and your wife. If you like your life. Drell's looking up at us. Small. Wolves looking down on us. Tall. Minute's gonna play some bets. Almost gonna make some threats. Piss <laughs> up all around, everybody making sound. Talk about a brawl, man. We gonna get down. What you gonna do when you curse like a mouse? Enemy in front of you, built like a house. Minus losing gold. Yeah, drill, about to fold. Uh, almost on patrol. Hmm? Where is Reginald? Huh? First round winners. Minus drill. One turn knockout. Foes fell. Everything was looking swell. So drill used a spell. Drill's jarred up, ain't gonna lie. Wolfgang says he'll probably die. Whoa, wait, who's that? Can we trust this where bat? Ooh, yeah, hit it, Bard. Uh, yeah, get it, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what did you... 
Holy LA station shit. was like 12 hours ago. Where'd you get the time to do that? You just set the bar so high for Brady. I'm just going to tell you that. The poor sap that does it next week is just... Oh, I feel so bad for them. Uh, oh last God. time on the, the, the dimension of World War. We... Oh. oh, my God. Now, long story somewhat shorter. The barkeep told us if we wanted to get our friend back, who lost to Edelram in mouse form, we would have to retrieve a glacial shard and some debt money owed to him by someone. We joined forces with Credith, a werebat goth lady who had some inside information that could help. Her informants told us that Reigns was working in the sewer system trying to fix a contamination problem. With time ticking, we ran through the sewers and found the glacial shard around Reigns' neck. Except Reigns was not just some weather scientist. He turned into a giant frog creature. The battle was rough, but we came out victorious. That is, Credith came out victorious as she stole the shard and flew away. Needless to say, she is no longer one of my best friends. After painting a blood shard to look like the glacial shard, we rushed back to the Wildside Tavern with minutes to spare before he was meant to be executed. Fortunately for us, though, Drell had figured his own way out. Almost, you go to kick the door open, and then boom! The front door flies open as a were spider lands on you. You tumble onto the streets. A massive tarantula were spider is now entangled with you. And it's like, get, get off, get off, get off. As the doors are busted wide open. You get up and you manage to pull your head out from the hairy tarantula. Minutes you look in and you see Drell, but no longer as a mouse. You see him in all his <clears throat> raging glory. He is, he has a dragon tail, sharp teeth, and large dragon-like claws, and he is also but naked. He is swinging and laying heavy blows and tripping people up. He looks through the front doors, seeing a chance to escape, and he runs through. Behind him are countless lycanthropes ready to chase him down. As the doors swing open, you see way in the back, past the bar, a little black rat that was holding the blood shard earlier that night is now holding the silver bell, waving at Drell as Drell runs into the city streets towards you guys. It was a very fortunate turn of events, but we were happy to have our friend back. We made sure to get out of there after Armos and I, um, <coughs> lit fire to the Wild Side Tavern. Okay, I basically just incriminated myself. I couldn't think of an alibi. Anyways, we ran to the Aramore ports to figure out our next move. The three of you head the Aramore ports. You head down to the docks and you see many different types of ships. From small dinghies to large galleons, ships are coming and going as they pass through a giant stone water gate. You're looking, for, you don't know which ship you're looking for, but you are looking for a specific person, a silver dragonborn named Fargnarknost. We'll know when we see a guy named Far Fargnarknost. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Fargnarknost. There's no way some guy that looks normal has a name like that. Nope. All right, Drell, keep your eyes out for someone that looks like Fargnar Throst. Fargnar Nars? Fargnar Nars. What was the name? Armor. I forget the name. Thrust. Fargnar Thrust. Fargnar Thrust. 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 
this. Okay. Just, yeah, let me let me write that down real quick. And Drell just acts like he writes it down, but he doesn't. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you are in a very crowded dock. There are ships coming and going, and you hear a ton of bells, and it's almost packed shoulder to shoulder as people are carrying boxes, fish, supplies, wares, merchant ships. You do see the occasional guard. You do know that the naval ships are on the other side. It's a very big port. And all the military ships are in one way. And even deep into the ocean, you do see the um, guard ship ordering their sea uh, to their city. I need everyone to make me an investigation check as you are fumbling through, trying to look for someone who is your uh, person of interest. I mean, I was I was just going to go up to a... Uh, 21! I was just going to go up to, like, a merchant and ask. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Uh... It's investigation. A, it's a dragon. He's 14. named Fargnard. Uh, I think he's over there. Fargnard. <laughs> With the 21. Fargnard. I think I found him. Very simple name, guys. I'm talking to a, a fish merchant while Armos is looking around. He's a fish merchant talking to you. With 14, he goes, Ah, uh, how could I help you, little one? You see, I'm very busy. We got fine leathers that we need to take off the ship. Oh, hurry, hurry up. No, I, I heard you told me all about the leathers and the fish. Ooh, fine leathers. And Drell does like the little finger thing. <laughs> Farn, Narn, Foss. Do you know the guy? Dragonborn? Hmm. Uh, wh- what type of ways does he uh, partake in? Irons? A uh, fisherman. Fisherman. It's a fisherman. Oh, I do not mingle with fishermen. Very smelly business. Not good for the leathers. Whoa, that's pretty fucked up. You you are literally selling fish. I'm selling fine leathers. Wait, you're literally a fisherman. Yeah, you know leather smells when it's all getting made, right? We are supplying the stores. I said I walked up to the fisherman. I literally said I walked up to a fish merchant. Oh, and then you see an older fish uh, gentleman that's selling fish. I got fish. You want fish? Yeah, his twin brother turns the corner. Do you know Farnarn Faust? How many fish? You want a flounder? No. Armos, did you find him? <laughs> yeah, he's right here. <laughs> so, <laughs> Armos, you're looking at with a 21 investigation check. You do. Uh, you see next to a mid-sized boat with multiple sails furled up, a large silver dragonborn wearing a dirty white shirt with its sleeves cut off. He's wearing a big ship's captain hat with a mighty purple and blue-hued feather sticking out of it. Head down into a clipboard, making notes as you see various half-orcs, kobolds, and half-elves bringing items on and off the ship. As I'm still next to Drell and Menace, I'm like, guys, look at this dude. This is definitely the guy. Look at him. Purple hat, silver dragon. God, this dude's clashing. Of course, this is a Fargnarg right here. Tell you what. Well, only one way to find out. Walking over. Head down into the clipboard. His hat covers uh, half of his face. You just see his bottom jawline. You do see that uh, his, like, spikes come out. He has, like, a single spike that looks like a goatee. Head down into the clipboard as the noise just drowns everything out. How are you approaching it? All right, Armos, you're, you're a man of words. Words. Were we supposed to have some kind of secret? Oh, so Treus Bugs. Mention him. He's yeah. a direct connection to Trey's Bukes. We have a letter. He did give you a letter, yes. Yeah, I hand you the letter, Armos. Letter me. Here you go. Bam. All right. I walk up to him with his clipboard. While his head's still down on his clipboard, I take the letter and put it on the... Smack it down on the clipboard without him. And as he looks up, I let him know Treus sent us. 
this is a tall dragonborn, and you slap the letter that Treyas gave you to give to Fognarthas when you met him. And this was a favor that he was asking them. This, this is a connection of his, somebody who trusts privately, he mentioned. He also mentioned discretion uh, when talking to them, or the, the fact that the service would be discretion. You do know that he deals in smuggling specifically and disguises himself as a fishing boat. You give him the letter, and this silver dragonborn lifts his head ever so slightly at you, and you see his white piercing pupils. And then you see the iris like glows over very icy. He stares at you and you feel the breath coming from his mouth and the wind coming from his nostrils as he blows it at you. He goes, and he looks at the notes and he sees the stamp. He sees Treyas's seal and he eyes, he eyes you and he looks back down and he slowly opens smile. it. <laughs> <laughs> very serious demeanor. He looks at the letter and he taps his hat. A dragonborn's head pops up high, about two feet. The hat flies up and underneath the hat is a tiny, small lizard-like dragonborn that is also silver. He's wearing the large hat as it's way too big for his body. The tiny dragonborn resembles a muscular iguana with big arms and legs. And he goes, Lads, you've come to the night ship. Welcome, well met, lads. The name's Captain Thnast, and this is my first mate, Wagner. Who do I have the terrific pleasure of speaking with today? Armos, this is Minis, and then that uh, guy is Drell. We need to uh, be gone real quick. <laughs> I, as it says in the letter. And as, as they s still hear... Uh, uh, like seeing smoke in the in the background from the you, you can smell your fire. fireball in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> you see that when the you see that when the when the tiny dragonborn reveals himself from under the large captain's hat, you see that there's a smaller uh ship hat on the giant dragonborn's head that reveals that it's actually his hat. And this is where he stays. And he goes, I time is a terrible, terrible thing to waste. Welcome. To the Windward Serpent. A friend of Treyas is a friend of Fagnar and Dust. So I, I understand you're going to the Ermoputs. Oh, Farnarn and Fast. Nast. Good. Fanast? I. We'll talk about it over an ale. Uh, let's get to it. <laughs> and he pats the giant dragonborn's head, and the giant dragonborn is just unfazed. Good talk. This way? This is where we go? The, Aye, the, come on board, laddies. Go ahead and the, make yourself... Okay. Go ahead to the lower deck. I'll, I'll behind be there me to see if anybody's following us. <laughs> you just see a large crowd of people. Go ahead and make me uh, a perception check. Ooh, can I make one, too? Uh, you can give All him a... Of us? Okay, I help Minus by looking in the exact same direction. You pick Minus up and you use him like a like a periscope. He's like looking around. <laughs> That's a uh, dirty twenty. You look around and you don't. It doesn't look like anybody is tailing you. However, this place is very busy, shoulder to shoulder, and you are off onto one of the docks. So everybody's looking at you, and at the same time, nobody's looking. At you. Very busy. People are doing their business. Mm. I think we're clear, Drell. Down. We, uh, 
And I just yeah. turn around to walk onto the ship still holding this. <laughs> no, no, pull me down, pull me down. No, uh, pull me down. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Rachel's laughing at you. <laughs> we go into the ship, I suppose. I pick Reginald up in the same way and carry him onto the ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Don't drop me, don't drop me, don't drop me, don't drop me. So you are boarding SS Windward Serpent. The boat looks like your run-of-the-mill fishing ship that looks like it could stay out at sea for days at a time. The tools on the deck uh, look like they're made for deep sea fishing. Giant cranes and large containers filled with ice. The ship itself looks well maintained with minimal sea wear and tear. Um, the sails are furled up, ready to be let down. And from this position, they look pinkish and purple in this state. A, a mix of colors. The ship has 12 crew members total. Consists of half-orcs, kobolds, and half-elves. And so we boarded the Seaward Serpent with Fargnar and Fnost. I'm sure you've been on some great adventurers. Don't think I don't recognize your strength, but have you ever fought a giant ghost dragon? That's right, I said ghost dragon. You see, after a few days of travel, playing games, and getting to know the crewmates, a fog rolled in. Banshees flew aboard and cursed everyone in sight. Drell, Armos, and I did everything we could to fight the specters and slow the ship down before crashing into the rocky shore. The Twilight House, a huge spooky-looking lighthouse of legends, lay before us. The crew was too scared to venture forth, and so we took it upon ourselves to climb the lighthouse, curses and all. We didn't let flying stairs and ghosts sway us as we entered the highest chamber. A massive dragon and his master pianist were bound by soul. It was one of our craziest battles as we fought on the ceiling, dodged ectoplasm, and burst through its wall of magical energy. The horde was ours, and after using the piano mimic, that's right, the piano was a talking mimic. As a platform, we shut down the cursed magic so that our ship may sail again. After all of that, we made our way to the Kambuki Isles, where we are now. And then Thost yells out to the ship, Land ho! Look alive and settle up, lads. Aramore Ports is beyond our bow. And the crew cheers, and you see them eagerly getting the boat ready to dock. Look out from the ship, and you see a large island coming into view. Oh, man. The view is bustling with trees and mountains, seeming like a true tropical paradise just ahead of you. And the boat travels through the tidal channel. And you notice on either side of the channel, there are two large monumental pillars, almost acting as a metaphorical gate. And as you turn your attention back ahead of you, you see a decently sized portside town with a very active dock with a few boats and as the Windward Serpent aligns up with the dock, the three of you notice a drastic weather change from the sea-filled air to a cool island breeze and the warm heat from the setting sun. Then, whoosh, a large black shadow of a bird, high, high in the sky, flies over, casting a quick shadow over you for but a moment. And you see the crew workers and the dock workers duck and flinch as something with a very large wingspan. It flies into the mountains. And then Thnas yells, <laughs> he goes, ha ha, you three be careful out there. 
the three of you uh, are now at the Kambuki Isles. You're still standing on the boat. It is towards the end of the day. You arrived when the sun began to set. It is in the, it's a, it's in the evening. Um, it is summer, so it's going to be like it's going to be nighttime very soon. It's very late in the day, but eager probably the three of you just want a nice bed to finally sleep in rather than a uh, hammock hanging between two pillars. Yeah, I want to go find a uh, realtor or something. Um, <laughs> someone that sells property. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't do that to you right now. <laughs> I know you're like, please don't. I'm going to get a beach don't. house. I'm going to open up a Airbnb. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so smart. Yes, let's really do that. Okay, R- never. It's really about the ROI drill, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just as long as the HOA is not too expensive, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, so I think, um, what do you guys want to do? You guys just want to go find a, an inn somewhere? Yeah, first things first, I just want to get a good place to sleep. Okay. Yeah, I think we do that. I think we just go find an inn somewhere. Hey, Fnost! Hey, lad! What's the, uh, what's the town here called? It's called Aramore Ports. It's, it's run by the city of Aramore, but if you need a place to stay, the drunken stowaway is, well... Quite frankly, the only place you can stay. <laughs> well, okay. Sounds like we're going there. Aye. And then as he's talking to you, you, you see um, him and the kobolds are... Well, Fnost is uh, directing the kobolds to carry out that crate that the three of you blew up um, down below. And then you see Bod is a little bit nervous because he knows what happened to the crate. But Fnost doesn't seem to notice anything and he goes ah we got it in perfect condition lads look at this <laughs> even with all that fighting and bamboozling out on the sea we still managed to bring it in one piece surely payday is upon us i give bod uh, from like the background just a really slow thumbs up with a big grin and he like looks at you and he quickly looks away <laughs> all right guys let's go so the three of you step off the boat and walk down the dock menace when you step off the dock and the hoof touches the dirt. You you suddenly freeze into place and immediately look inward on yourself and you are overcome with a quick vision, a visage, a large white scaly head of a dragon, sharp naggled teeth like a blender and rows of yellow eyes stretched along the side of its head and then you see four more heads raise up in the distance as it quickly snaps down on you and then snap back to reality. Well, uh, I didn't mean to write that, but uh, disregard that. Anyways, we made our way to the tavern after a wonderful shopping situation episode. Yeah. Anyway, we made our way to the Drunken Stowaway, the only tavern in this port at all, and made some new friends with some mercenary-type folk, to be honest. One was a drow elf, the other was a big hunking thing of armor, who I'm not sure was even a creature? Hard to say. And then one very familiar human. I know this is probably a minotaur tale. I don't know if uh, your parents told you these tales, but if you were, uh, you ever heard the tale of the uh, four-headed crystal hydra of the Kambuki Isles? The uh, three of them look at each other and even the the armored one looks at each other and then Captain Thnost laughs. He goes, 
I mean, there are many Hydra here, lad. The mercenary in the middle, the half-elf, goes, ugh. I mean, I don't know about a crystal Hydra, but, uh, I mean, we've seen Hydras here and of all shapes and sizes. And if you're looking for a crystal one, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to find one here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. More towards the Northern Isle. Uh, probably the Northern Isle of Kambuki, you'll probably find one, I'm sure. Right, <laughs> if it's real. <laughs> uh, if it's real. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And they laugh mm -hmm. amongst each other. Oh. Sip on my beer. And uh, the drow elf is still looking at the theatrics as the three of you tell stories. And they begin to drink and laugh and make merry. Let me tell you about this one time that this guy lost his horse. Let me show you. You French just laughing. Drow puts his head down and he stops drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're uh, we're heading out in the morning, uh, going north. Where are you guys headed? Uh, the three of them look at each other. And goes, uh, we got a job that we gotta that we gotta do. Um, oh yeah. Thanks to your captain here or your. Your uh, f fisherman friends, and he, the half elf winks at Thnas, and Thnas gives a very exaggerated wink back. And he goes, We can finally continue our, uh, our contract. Oh, nice. Well, that's cool. Well, uh, that's, uh, that's cool. We're just, uh, going on, uh, adventures, uh, vacationing in the Kambuki Isles, looking for a summer house. So, uh, you'll find plenty of sunshine here. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. All right, uh, Cool. And I, I, I finished my meal and my beer. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, head to bed, guys. I'm gonna get our room situated and uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna, yeah. And I scoot the chair out and go do that. As you get up and the three of you uh, f are finishing up eating, uh, Thnas goes, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take uh, our friend's lead. And he looks over to the half elf and he goes, well, it's always been a pleasure. And if you ever need anything else, Mr. Wilfrey, We'll be happy to help you. And he goes, please, call me Wilfred. Yep, that's right. Wilfred Wilfrey, brother to Thumbus Wilfrey, who we took care of back in Dilmore. We decided to do a job with these three, but not before going upstairs and finally getting some well-deserved shut-eye. All right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I just, like, plop down on it. Like a bale of hay or something. <laughs> not even a proper bed. Almost, are you doing anything? I'm still investigating the room and then kind of listening into the thing, like the, the people next door, just to make sure uh, everything's all sound. It's a, it's an old, it's an old technique from when we're on the road. Someone checks for traps. You are convinced that this room is very private, especially with the magic that Zelda did when she mm. let you enter the room. Matt, I don't know that spell. <laughs> you feel it's a very comfortable room and it's just it's very calming and relaxing. I don't like it. You're convinced that there's no traps in here. It's too quiet. Um as Drell's getting into his pajamas, uh he kicks Menace's bed to wake him up and he goes <laughs> what? What? and I, I hold up I hold up my uh mace of disruption. <laughs> what no, what is it? What? We gotta talk about everything before you go to bed. Uh I'm so tired. Alright, listen. Wilfred Wilfred definitely can't know that we got his brother arrested, okay? I feel like that's gonna make Oh, I forgot that happened. Yeah. Uh, why uh, did you tell him? 
This is the worst keeping secret right here. No, not really, right? Because Menace, you want him to be your friend, right? So uh-huh. if you tell him this information, cool. he's clearly not going to want to be your friend. Yeah, maybe my best is friend. On, wait, do you smell this? Like a, huh? Is that... Is that gaslighting? Are we gaslighting minister? <laughs> so, so if you, so if you want him to be your friend, minister, you can't tell him what that we don't. Let's just tell. Let's not just not even let him know we knew his brother. Okay. Well, but I thought friendships were built on truth. No, see, that doesn't sound. It's um, not true. I'm confused. They're, they're built on. It's like a deck of a house of cards. Okay. A house. Think, yeah, and I start cards. I start to build a house of cards, <laughs> and I just I use it as a metaphor with how fragile <laughs> how fragile friendships are, and if you just oh, you can barely even get three cards on one another. Exactly, and then if you, you know, something happens, you know, where oh, so you're saying if I if I disclose this now. That's probably a touchy subject because it just happened. Exactly. Yeah. So let's like. So I should wait, wait like a year. Know? Yeah. Before I, or, okay. You know, okay. Who knows? Maybe he's. They're cooler. Hasn't it been a year since it happened? That's true. Yeah. In theory. Yeah. No, but does it have to be a year from meeting the person? Or has no? He, but like, mm. let's let's just. What I'm saying is, it doesn't have to be the first thing we tell them. Uh-huh. So let's you know. Let's just maybe feel out this group. Yeah, let's touch them. <laughs> I take it the dread is definitely not somebody we're gonna want to initially mess with right now. You know, just talking to these guys, I, I figure they're they're not just the easy, you know, random fighters that we've been running into. These guys are these guys are the real deal. So let's just maybe you know, let's just not ruin what we got going at least right now. That's all I'm trying to tell you guys. Uh, hey, okay, look, <laughs> yeah. You're not doing it right, Joe. Let me show you how to gaslight, okay? Hold on. So this is what What's you got to do. <laughs> See, what you got to do is you got to tell him something else that's really important. So, hey, uh-huh. oh. you know that guy with the green eyes? Yeah. He really loves flowers. He does? Don't tell him, though. How'd you know? Don't tell him, though. You can't tell him that piece. Don't don't even. What? Because. <gasps> to surprise him. See what I'm doing, Trail? You see what? You gotta give him Surprise him with flowers. I'm gotta, writing notes furiously. Yeah. Surprise with flowers. I think you're just literally... I think you're just making everything more complicated. <laughs> exactly. It's confusing him. <laughs> Menace. Reginald Yellow. Menace. Gaslighting isn't real, okay? It's not even a thing. Alright? They're just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, the fact that you would accuse us of gaslighting you is pretty fucked up, so... I don't even know what that word means. All I heard was this guy likes flowers. Wrote that down. All right. So, and then obviously when we're on the road with them, we don't even know if we can trust these guys. So let's just be careful about, you know, talking about flowers. And I give him a real stern look. Oh, right. Right. Surprise. Surprise. Element of surprise. Element of surprise. Now, how am I going to get to sleep? Now I'm thinking about all the flower gifts I could give this dude. See, now you get it. Now you get it. And I just fade into the darkness. <laughs> I just see your eyes from the corner of the room. <laughs> huh. Yeah, and then I think Trell starts to get ready for bed and I guess kind of just continues to talk about the importance of keeping an eye out on these people because we don't really like know them all that well yet. I do wake him up an hour later for the weekly Sid dance party. I'm sorry, what is this? What are you waking me up for? <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. 
Um, and, and then as Drell lays in bed, um, because Mendes brought it up, I guess Drell st really starts to think about because he hasn't had Drell hasn't really had a lot of time to himself in general since everything, especially Shadowfell and seeing um, like the dragon and you know talking to some random dragon in his dreams and or his thoughts, I guess technically. So. I guess he's kind of just taking all this in and he's just thinking about now his dad and the dire wolf and the dragon and there's just like a lot going on with Drell I guess at the at this time so he's just kind of that's a great point Drell and as the night goes on and you fall asleep thinking about these thoughts you find yourself in one of these dream states a very vivid dream very lucid and you think about Edgar the dragon of rage where you summon, where you gain your bestial powers from. And he doesn't speak to you, but you do imagine his scarred, broken face in this pitch black area. Then you think about your father's axe and you think about the wolf that you saw in your dream and the patch of wolf fur that you were able to manifest somehow when you fell asleep. Very uneasy dreams come to mind at night and you feel like it's one of those dreams where you feel like you're fighting but your punches just don't hit as hard and you there's no particular dream that stands out but you do wake up in the middle of the night chills not that you're cold it is cold in the room you wake up and your mouth is very dry you look at your pillow and you look at the sheets on the bed and there's this there's dried up blood and it's on your, your palm of your hand, but it's not red. It's more black and purple and you feel it dried up on your mouth. Like you just threw up, but you know it's blood and the room is a little cold and you look over to the fireplace and there's barely but a spark left. And you notice that the window's open you're and you're very hazy and then you see Armo sleeping and then Reginald is sleeping on Armos's face across his eyes and they're both snoring and then you hear that whoosh from the window again and then you look over at Minus and Minus has a big old snot bubble coming out of his nose and, and then you hear feel the heat again and you look up back at the fireplace and all of a sudden it's roaring again the green flame like roars as if it was just reignited for a moment and that goes back to normal and now you look down and you have this blood just dried up blood on you it looks like you coughed up a good amount well i'm gonna wipe it away and i guess go into the bathroom and clean up so no one really else sees it uh huh i just realized i kind of divulged a lot of drill's personal information just disregard this i know you won't tell anybody about drill stuff anyway we wake up in the morning and we decide to venture on with these three new comrades we fight a bunch of gnolls on the way as we walk through forests and jungles of dinosaurs all left and right with giant creatures of all sorts all around. After destroying many gnolls along the way, we make it to a creepy cave. You travel through and you, sh you also see these giant insects now that you're traveling through the bushes. Large centipedes, modest sized spiders and other giant bugs like roaches. You see these flies. Everything seems bigger here. Very prehistoric and then you see a cave 
but the cave looks very ominous. Matter of fact, to get to the cave, you have to go through one of these giant trees with a hole that's been eroded away. The redwoods? <laughs> yeah, you go inside one of the redwoods, but inside there are all these mangled roots, and then it goes through to almost like an outcove. And you see all these trees and foliage and trees ascending up a mountain. It feels like you're outside, but also inside at the same time. And then you see a cave and the cave is has all this dried up blood on the outside. And there is this giant bestial skull sitting at the top of it, showing a very dark cave. And you see these shamanistic type totems. And Wolfrey looks back at you and he goes, well, this is supposedly the tomb of Yanagu, which is a, which is the Null God. Anyone care to go in first? And that is where we'll end this week's session. Nose goes. Nose goes. <laughs> Not it. That looks sick, Reginald yells out <laughs> to the bone entrance. <laughs> you ever heard of Yanagu? Yep. That's right. The demon god of the Nulls. That Yanagu. Well, we didn't need a massive party like the Miranor Militia to take on that dangerous task. First, we fought a shadow creature guarding the entrance. It slipped in and out of Null statues with different gems and all different kinds of magic abilities. Once that was defeated, our smaller and much more talented group walked through a tunnel of bones to the ziggurat of Yanagu, where the two, uh, uh <clears throat> where the too many gnolls appeared to fight us for no reason whatsoever. With my mystical ranger powers, I persuaded a bunch of undergrad plant creatures to fight for me. Drell took out hordes of undead gnolls left and right, while Armos took hold of the two, um, <clears throat> two tremendous giant bone skeletons that joined the battle. Everything seemed to be going well, but then Wilfred left us to die. But why journal it when I could sing it? Last we left, our heroes found an evil Too many gnolls beneath the ground Gnolls all around Wilfred left without a sound There is no escape They should not have tempted fate They broke apart The Richter scale was off the chart Rumbles through the cave This could be the rocky grave Something big drew near Made of bones, your darkest fear Bone centipede Attack it, drill, strike with speed Bone centipede Call it a no lipid No Blown into a hundred 
found a path above Climbing up, go by glove In his filled his chair The toolbox fell down What the heck, leave it down below We made it out, but don't you know Waiting in the skies A big old bird with deep red eyes <sighs> So yeah, that's basically what happened Made our way to the top Tippity tippity top And now, we find ourselves in Tamordain You're here with me and uh I think you kind of know what happened you were there for the tail end of it but i'll refresh your memory you know that guy edelram that we saw all the way back in aramor well that's the guy that we fought at the end there when you came in to throw some spears around you see he's been after us for a while and when we got to tamordane well the story became a little more clear you walk closer to the center, what you can conclude to be the center of this town, which is three giant rocks overlooking a stage of some kind that is surrounded by more trees. But these trees look placed for uh, a more elegant design. It looks beautiful in this town. It doesn't look abandoned. It looks maintained despite being made out of practically mud and dirt. And as you're looking around at the corner of your eye, even with an 18, you are startled by a woman in your northwest corner at one of the bigger huts. And then as you're looking at the hut, you immediately sense that this is a, that this structure is more important than the others or much more pronounced at there, that there is a youngish woman standing on its porch with beautiful green hair. And it looks like a beautiful elvish dress of some kind. And on the dress, it has this beautiful ornate leaf shawl, so to speak, that overlaps the top of her head and gently comes down over her right shoulder and lies on her chest. Almost like an, I wouldn't say crown, so to speak, but it looks very regal, although this does not look like a royal place. And she looks at you with a soft smile. Our second set of visitors today. How strange for that to happen within our town. Who, who may I ask is visiting? Uh, Minas Pebblewalker of the Ivory Boulders. <clears throat> this is Drell. Uh, Say hi, Drell. Uh, uh, <laughs> Drell was about to give a fake name as yeah. he just, like introduces himself, and he's like, Drell just like silently waves at him. <laughs> I'm hunched over behind. And this is uh, where's Armos? Hey, there's, Ar there's Armos. Armos. Those other people didn't happen to have a big hulking knight creature with them, did they? No, no. Big, large, hulking knights. We don't get those around here. Um, just a injured party seeking out help. It sounds like there were three people that came through. <laughs> You're the first set of three I've seen today. Oh, really? Because we had mm. we had three friends that we got separated from. She walks down from the step. Can I make an insight check when, like, we're talking about like the the dread and like the amount of people and see like if 
she seems like she's right. telling the truth. Yeah, go ahead and make me an inside check. Yeah. Uh, 18. It's a six. Nine. Minus, with your with with you being the highest roll, you don't think she's lying. I'm just squinting as she talks. <sighs> she leaves the porch and slowly walks towards the center of the town where the three of you are and sees the three of you acting cautiously and you see that she has a cane and when she walks you do notice that she is walking as if she's injured so when she walks over to you she's walking hunched over like an elderly woman would however she looks very young and she has a wooden cane and she walks towards the center of the town she goes please don't be shy if this town appeared before you and you surely mean no harm to it. Well, that's nice. Uh, yeah. No. We're just trying to rest. We are. Does uh anybody else live here? Or uh, is this like you take care of this place? You look over to your right and she gestures with her cane. And she points over to the homes and you see small families like looking out the windows. And you see like children, uh looking out and you like their parents and they look like various elves and humans that are living within these homes and they're just watching you very quietly. Hi, and I wave. They mean you no harm. Um, this is but a- What she said? Humble town. We live within our means and we don't cause any trouble, but we help those who have seemed to find it in these very harsh islands. Mm. I'll tell you what, we could use some help right now. We're uh. Feeling a little worse for wear. Ugh. And I stretch. The three of you don't look too badly hurt, or is it perhaps psychological really? I down or a emotional? Gash in my leg. <laughs> it, it's in here, and I point to my heart. Emotional. <laughs> yeah. You have someone you can talk to to bridge those no. wounds. No, no, I keep bury it. That's what I do. Just bury it deep. You know. Well, it's the best place for you it. Shouldn't do that, Drell. It's the best place for it. Ugh. You know what you should do? You should journal about it. I'll let you use one of mine. I have at least 20 empty ones in the cart. <laughs> as the cart appears, as the things are summing it and hits against <laughs> Drell's ankle. Anyways. So, uh, I'm glad we found some place of rest, I hope. I appreciate you being kind with us and courteous. We mean you no harm, so... Do we need to, uh... Pay for a place, or I mean, you guys seem friendly. What's, what's with the if, if this village only shows up to people who mean it no harm, why are you guys being so cautious? We just mind our own, and there are very dangerous things that live on these islands. Mm. So we just do our best to conceal ourselves. However, we notice that over the many years of being here, at least me being here that the town makes itself noticeable to those who are hurt or injured or have a reason yep, that's us. for being here, or at least a necessary stop on their way. So, as its elder, I make sure those who travel here are looked after. And as long as your stay is short, you may use what we have to offer. We don't accept gold, for we have no need for it. The islands provide. Well, thank you so much. Again, I'm Innes. You are... Ellis. Ellis Aim. Ellis. And this it's is a pleasure to meet you, Ellis. Welcome to Tay Mordain. Tay Mordain, huh? And there we had arrived in Tay Mordain. We quickly discovered that Zith, one of the people that left us behind in that Knoll cave, 
was actually there receiving aid. Armos and Menace, you're inside. What, are you doing anything with the Zith or are you going back to Ellis? I think we're literally just waiting for him to wake up. It looks like he's going to sleep for the night unless... I don't know. What do you think, intervene. Armos? It looks like, like they said, he's very messed up. He's going to stay asleep until... Unless you do something. So is he talking currently? Like he's he's awake. He's sleeping. He is... Me, 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 me. He is dreaming. You see the audible Zs coming out of his mouth. Gotcha. Um, I go to also see if there's like a bandage somewhere that I'm going to reach for in that direction and accidentally bump into the bed and wake him up and be like, oh, Zith. Oh, look who it is. How you doing? <laughs> and then I get real close to him. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> he looks terrified as he wakes up and only he only has one eye visible and you see that like the pupil shrinks down and is is super Whoa, small and he's like freaked out I'm, we're not gonna we're not gonna kill you he's clutching he's gonna kill you he's clenching the bed sheets my my thermoturgy is going off and my eyes are already turning a different color almost almost it was the other guy that left us on purpose he didn't he it wasn't his decision oh we're gonna find that out right now listen listen wait 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 listen we, we had he, no is, intention of leaving you behind. I don't know what came over okay. Wilfred when he, when the three of you didn't come through. It happened so quick. Honestly, we couldn't even talk about it. I assumed you were dead. <laughs> Drill six is dead. All right, Drill comes <laughs> back in because he's outside. You knock yourself <laughs> on the locked door. Fuck. Ow, my head. <laughs> the halfling lets you in. Oh, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. He goes to the window and he goes, You're the one that's dead. And does like the little <laughs> knife cutting like symbol with his fucking finger. Through the window. <laughs> wait, wait, listen, wait. wait no, hold on. You just listen. And <laughs> I cast friends on him. So you are hostile if, right now. <laughs> that's can, you what can... I wanted to confirm. <laughs> well, you're, you're, uh, That's what I wanted hmm. to confirm. <laughs> not hostile says you're enemy. He's frightened of you. So I Good. don't think friends would work. He's not like an enemy. He's like, I'm going to fucking get you. But with how you woke him up and how scared he is and how shook he is, friends, the cantrip would not work in this scenario. It's bullshit. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Okay. We all, the Dread and I went through. And we were met. We thought we were going to meet our client that hired us. That's what we were told. We got okay. the scroll. We did not see our client. Okay. We were promised that he was going to be there with transport. Once we delivered the artifact, when Wilfred came through, everything went to hell. The Dread and I went through the portal and there was a black dragon staring at us. Okay. He wasn't speaking. And once Wilfred came through, and the portal closed, that's when the dragon started speaking and he only asked for the artifact. When Wilfred said something happened, it attacked us, clawed and beat me up and spewed out acid. It bit off Wilfred's head. No. And when he slashed the dread, he disappeared. Like his armor fell and collapsed. Like a like fire being extinguished, Just psh, gone. Empty suit of armor. As he's talking, I put my hand slowly on Armos's finger gun and slowly put it down. <laughs> Surprise, I got another one. <laughs> I got two. Can I do an insight check? Can yes. we do like insight checks to see if he's telling telling the truth? Absolutely. 
Uh, mine was bad. I think it's a 12. I don't think Drell cares whether or not he's lighting, so I don't think I'm going to roll. Oh, I got a 20. Ooh. You believe he's telling the truth with a dirty 20. Nice. He's like, the deal was we bring in the artifact, and he was going to give us 10,000 platinum, along with pardons to the kingdom of Aramor. What do you mean by pardons? Uh, Wilfred and... Well, Wilfred and I have some uh, bounties on our heads within the Aramor kingdom. Uh, we didn't always have a lavish lifestyle and on the up and up, uh, but we were able to evade the law uh, a couple of times in the city of Aramor. And well, when these got too hot, where people started coming after us, we decided to uh, retire here. Um, when Adelram gave us the job and gave us pardons, we... Well, we thought it was a good deal. And the dread ran away? It looks like he was extinguished. Okay, hold on. Back oh. up. It's Drell's from the window. Hey, no. Um, by the, by now, Drell's like inside with you. Okay. <laughs> so you said, excuse me, who offered you this job? Uh, one of the captains of the Red Guard. Yeah, uh, no, a I... Adelrim? I... I mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's what I heard. Yep, I heard that right. Okay. All right, Zeth, you're not really helping your case right here, buddy. I'm just going to... All right, all right. I'm going back outside, and Trell walks back outside. <laughs> and then I and just he, I take his face that was looking at Drell, and I just point it back at mine. <laughs> just like you're talking to me now. <laughs> <laughs> so in the most uh, menacing way, uh, I ask how he ended up here. So how did he go from getting with the dragon in some and trying to figure out where he was with the dragon to how he ended up here? The scroll put us on a plateau on the side of a hill not too far from here. On that platform, the dirt platform, there was the black dragon. He moved like smoke when he attacked us. He was so quick. Oh, almost. I think that's what was staring at us from the distance. Mm-hmm. When I and woke Drell up, saw it change when I woke smoke. up, it was gone. My vision was blurred. I thought I was done for. I started crawling crawled for about an hour or so and I ended up here he took me in and well here we are yep well uh hey you're looking good buddy and I kind of slap him in the stomach by accident <laughs> oh sorry sorry, sorry he throws sorry, up sorry. he throws up oh, okay that's it I'm gonna let you you see that off, blood buddy. starts to come out from the gauze and the uh the nurses when run I, over to up, take a look at spells on me yep all right yep. <laughs> night buddy yep <laughs> <laughs> Rangers for life. <laughs> I give him a ranger symbol and walk away. <laughs> I imagine the ranger symbol is like a hang ten. Yeah. He gives you one back. <laughs> Rangers for life. We're better than wizards. Rangers for life. <laughs> I, go, I go to rest in a bed. And so I went to bed. Got some good night's rest. Armos took care of his curse. Got rid of that little gecko guy. And in the morning, I think Drell went into the hut too, but I'm not actually sure what was talked about yet. And she offers you some tea. And she goes, Drell, how can I help you? Ooh, I love tea. What kind of psychopath doesn't like tea? And I take a cup and I drink it. It's very soothing, very relaxing. Mm, is this is this green tea? Can I get some honey? Do you have any, you have any honey? I like raspberry honey with my tea, actually. Oof. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We do. We grow. We make it ourselves. Since she uses mage hand, it comes out in a very viney nature way, and she grabs a jar, and places it in front of you. Um, 
Okay, so long story short. Uh, see, long time ago, I was bit by a mouse. Um, I guess you could call it a were-mouse. And now, randomly, I turn into a mouse. Or, I guess, also mouse dragons, uh, if that makes sense. And, um, and then I pull out the pillowcase and I say, and now, uh, recently, I've been coughing up blood and... I don't know if it's from that or, you know, maybe I'm just like sick. You know, maybe I have like a cold or something. Not really sure. Well, let's see what's going on inside. That sounds like a like a trip. So yeah. she, she, she hands you a stone, a rough stone and a root. And she takes out a bowl with some liquid inside. She instructs you to eat the root and hold the stone. Okay. And Drell pops the root in his mouth and he chews on it. He's like, mm, kind of tastes like jerky. And then I just hold the stone. <laughs> You see that her hands hover around the bowl and it begins to ripple and her eyes roll to the back of her head. And then you see a curious face on her and she goes, whoa, whoa, you got a lot of things inside you, Drill. And she is in this, in this state for a little bit longer that comes to, oh, okay. Yes, you have a few things going on, uh, on inside of you. Um, good news and bad news. The good news mm -hmm. is I can fix your curses. Uh, the mm -hmm. bad news is that I cannot heal your illness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you know what's wrong? She looks at you. She goes, yes, um, I do know. It's a very rare, rare illness. Mm-hmm. It's very strange that you would have this. Did, did somebody... Did your father or mother have this illness? Were they sick? Oh God, oh God, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, maybe? I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really know all too well. It makes sense that someone like you might have it. It's, it's, it, it, it's, you get it from family, uh, unless you were really, really unlucky to, to meet a, a powerful sorceress of some kind. What you have is something uh, we call frost rot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is a hereditary disease. Um, the person that was uh, stricken with it, it's a slow killing uh, disease, unfortunately, and it is hereditary. It curses, uh, it's intended to curse their future bloodline till, uh, well, there is no more bloodline. So oh, speak. uh, sick. Okay. Uh, great news. I guess good thing I'm sitting down. Uh, <laughs> can I have another cup of tea? <laughs> Drell's like shaking. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> and, she pours, and she pours you another uh, cup of tea. And she goes, I'm sorry that you had to hear this from me, but it's now you know uh, the intervention you seek is more on a divine scale. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. So... Um, okay, so, sorry, she said she could fix what? She can fix your lycanthropy? Yeah, she can fix your lycanthropy. However, she also informs you that she goes, as far as your other curses, your lycanthropy, and it seems you have a similar stone curse that, uh, that Armos had. I can fix, I can fix it. The thing is, if I remove one, I have to remove both. Mm, so, the if the lycanthropy leaves, then... The other one leaves. The Correct. stone curse. Mm. Yes. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Jarl <laughs> stands up and he goes, but I think I'm going to keep it. 
Um, you know, I guess, uh, since I'm dying anyways, what's it really matter, you know? Uh, <laughs> and Drell's still, like, is t drinking the tea as he's talking to her. Hold on, I don't want to, I don't want to leave you in this troubled state. Please, please, just sit back down, just for one moment, please. Alright, do you have any, like, plus five swords or something? I just, I mean, <laughs> it would really help. <laughs> Oh, I don't think oh I have any plus God. five swords anywhere, but... Okay, what about plus five armor, please? I'm dying, remember. I'm dying, yeah. You're not dying... Yeah, you got a few... A few strong years left in you, but that's... You're, gonna, okay. you're strong. You can... You can... You gotta figure mm -hmm. this out, Joe. Mm -hmm. She gets up very slowly. She's like... Ugh. Swear that you heard, like, a bone pop when she got up. Ow. Yep. Been she there. goes over to her... To her jugs and other bowls and she puts some it looks like she's mixing some ingredients together and then she hands you a jar with more of these roots in there but the roots have glitter on it, it looks like she's shaking some type of powder among these roots and in the roots there's about 16 of them and she goes you're gonna take these once every few months all right take one now the next time you need one is the next time you vomit mm, okay if you are still spitting up more and more blood, the, the, you could take them. You could take them as frequent as you are vomiting. However, this should space them apart until you find the intervention you need. Got it. Got it. This is a bit more of a curse. Maybe if uh, your father, or your grandfather, who was stricken with it, um, could have had it lifted uh, when it happened. If they knew of somebody who could have. Uh, however, it is almost a part of you. Hmm. Well, okay. Just a part of me. Got it. Got it. Just a part of me. Just slowly dying inside because my family decided they didn't <laughs> like me. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Uh, and, well, thank you for your time. Uh, Drell, like, doesn't know what to do. He, like, salutes her and, like, turns around and walks out. <laughs> Please, Drell. Um, when you are done, if, or if you need to talk to somebody, I'm here for you. No, just gotta bury it, you know? Push it, push it deep. <laughs> and I just, you know, do the little <laughs> hand motion like I'm burying it. Just, uh, it's good for the soul. Drell, you can put down frost rot roots if you'd like. There's no specific name for it. It has 16 charges. Best of luck to you, Drell. Yep, no idea what happened to Drell in there, but anyways, this is about you and me. So, uh, I, I mean me, the, the cool things I did to defend this town. <coughs> and then at that moment, you hear some faint screams coming from outside. Panning back over to Drell, you see that this smoke is coming up, this gray smoke, it looks like fire. And then you hear a voice behind you. There's something troubling you, son. And you turn around and Bitch. You're gonna go ahead. You take 28 points of damage as the broad side of a great sword smacks you across the face. Go ahead and make me a dexterity saving throw as it seems like you're being pushed down to the ground from sheer force. Uh, I get to roll those with the bins. 21. You stumble back just a few feet. You stagger, but you notice that your nose is now bleeding. And in front of you is indeed Adoram Beckford, along with two of his guards. And he looks pissed and he has a great sword drawn onto you. 
Minus Armos, we pan back to you. As the two of you are leaving uh, Ellis's hut, you notice that there are flames among some of the some of the huts, the smaller huts where the families are living and running outside and they're screaming as smoke arises up and then a large black figure flies over you as a gust of wind brushes the trees out and sways the trees out of the way. You see coming from your northern side from the water from the pond within the town are soldiers in red guard garments approaching forward with swords and bows drawn. And it seems, and they're like, two of them approach and they have people walking in front of them, they're kicking them. And they're like, get down the ground towards the square, towards the square now. And then you go to step forward to interject. And that's when this stream of acid gets blown before you, corroding the ground, cutting off your path as a large black dragon lands before you. And that's when Adelram showed up. Ellis had clearly been threatened by the Red Dawn Cult to help them find some ancient artifact, and for some reason thought we had it. Which we don't, nor did we ever. <clears throat> With buildings on fire and townspeople in danger, I leapt into action. I saved all of the townspeople myself, taking out cultist after cultist with my mystical invisibility powers. Drell and Armos fought Adelram and the Black Dragon with all their might. Armos summoned a beast to fight for us, and Drell dealt out massive damage to every bad guy he could see. But it wasn't long before Adelram got the best of Armos, and Drell had to rush to his aid. I'm gonna dash into the house, fuck it. Um, okay, so I'm gonna use, uh, so I'm gonna dash for my position, um, to make it into the house where Armos and, uh, Zith and... You go through the front door. It is not locked this time as you are able to bust in and you see the looming dragon head almost inside the house and you see Adelram standing over Armos as his massive sword is at the neck of Armos. Yep. And uh, I don't think I can do anything else, unfortunately. So that is my turn. Oh, actually, <laughs> I don't... Fuck. Um... I don't think this is gonna matter, but I'm gonna just say, Armos, don't give him anything. This guy sucks. And I'm gonna rally Armos for a D8 hey. of HP. <laughs> what is I it? Don't think How much? It's just a D8. Uh, let me roll it real quick. <laughs> Fuck, it's only one HP. <laughs> so you so I heal for one. Yeah, you just have two <laughs> HP now. There Take it those. is. You rally him. double. As you yell out to Armos, and then Adelram looks in your direction. He looks mad and scarred. I, up. I spit my tongue at him. <laughs> Look who joined the party. Look who joined the party. And he presses the. <laughs> as you walk in, he's like pressing his blade closer to Armos' neck, and he goes, Trell, I can spare your friend if you tell me where the tooth is. I, I, I threw you the tooth. I literally gave you tooth. You know what tooth I'm talking about, as he. Pushes it closer. Almost, you feel the tip of the neck pushing up as a little bit of blood begins to draw. How about this? I'll tell you where it is, where it is if you let him go. How about I hold him? Nope. No deal. A, <laughs> I forgot the word I was dealer, No deal. I know when to walk away. <laughs> How about I hold him as an insurance policy while you go retrieve the tooth for me? No shot, bucko. Say no shot, bucko. And we're going to move <laughs> yeah. to initiative five. Which is Timbat. 
and he goes, fine, have it your way. As Timback goes, the Black Dragon on the roof, looking down into the room, he's going to go ahead and make an attack against you, Drill. As he's going to make, he comes in with both of his claws and he tries to swipe at you with a 26. The second one misses with a four and a bite with 13. So one claw is going to land with a 26. Un unless when uh. I use my reaction to use my tail swipe and increase my AC, I can, if I roll a seven, uh, wait, no. He, what do you get a 26? Yeah, 26. So I have to roll an eight to get this. Part <laughs> of the dice, Drell. Part of yeah. the dice. All right, here it goes. That's a three. Ooh, <laughs> he comes down with his mighty claw. He's going to deal 11 points of slashing damage. So six. Yeah, because you're raging, right? Yeah. No, you're not, because you did not attack anything this turn. I think well, I what believe a, rage I, ends when you don't attack. Well, something. would a bonus action win do another rage? Right? <laughs> Couldn't no, I have you just bonus done that? action healed Armos for one point. Well, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I didn't do it because I thought I would just would have been able to keep doing it. All right, that's fine. I'll take the fine, fine, fine. <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm, fine. I don't mean the rule shot here, you, but it's I'll kind of this one. Big, no, I'll give you this one. Kind of a big boss. It's kind of a big boss. I'll give you this one. I'll give you this one. Just keep me honest. I keep you keep me honest. I keep you honest. Hey, 11 points Rules. of damage isn't that bad. As Rules. we move to initiative 16. Ah, that. You ra your rage lasts one minute. It ends early if you are knocked unconscious okay. or your turn ends and you haven't mm -hmm. attacked a hostile creature since your last turn or taken damage since then. But he had attacked a creature the previous turn, so that rule would only go into effect the next turn, but he's still raging. But you attacked him with the dragon, which keeps his rage oh, going oh shit oh shit yes you're right you're absolutely right i attacked him with the dragon Damn, god dude. yeah yeah, oh, yeah. you're 100 yeah. hey, hey way Damn. to keep him humble dan way to keep, keep him humble, humble. Keep hey, humble. way to keep him humble i'm giving myself five hp back way to keep me humble. way to keep him humble dan you're right you're right you're right you're right i was way too excited to like not let that go <laughs> i forgot about the hostile creature yeah. attacking him you're yeah. absolutely yeah. right my bad. what's up yeah, my bad. what's up What's up? I'll give you five health points. How about that? <laughs> so I already gave them to myself. Almost pressed hard against the floor by the greatsword. Uh, well, Adelram's distracted, yelling at Drell. I'm gonna misty step away. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. Yeah, Tony's like, let me check my reactions real uh, quick. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. Yeah, I did. I thought you, I thought you ran out of spell slots. Interesting. Oh no. Interesting. Oh, no. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah. So you go ahead and misty step away. Where you? Where are you misty stepping to? I'm gonna misty step. Uh, if I can see out this window into a bush, <laughs> that's uh, you miss a step, you look out of a window just over Zip's awesome. bed, and you go, and then in the distance from inside the house, camera view is still the same. From inside the house, you see almost into a bush, <laughs> and then as Adel Ramp stumbles forward because his boot was on top of you, and he gets frustrated, he goes. Ugh. There's always something, always, always something. And he looks up at Timbat as he begins to plot something else. What else are you doing on your turn? That was a bonus action. As my action, I'm going to drink a potion. 
All right. Potion of ethereal. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Potion of etherealness. So oh. you step into the border region of the eternal plane in an area that overlaps this same plane. You can remain there for the duration or until the action is dismissed or your action to dismiss the spell. During that time, you can move in any direction. I'm on a different plane of existence now. Bye. Yeah, I got it like forever ago. Forever ago. Yeah, I know. I remember. You are in the ethereal plane, the land of ghosts, you can say. Ooh, spooky. Mm. And when it's your next turn, I'm going to have you roll a d20. Flat. Just let me know what you get on your next turn. No particular reason. Sounds like a particular reason. No, 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 no particular reason. No, no, nothing specific. Last thing, real quick. On my turn, I just I'm gonna move thirty feet. Yeah. What does that look like when you move? Where is he? Oh man, can't see anything more than sixty feet away from me. I'm just I, I know that uh, Elise is this way. So almost, you know, the ethereal plane, just like Shadowfell, is a mirror image of the material plane. You're unfamiliar with how this plane works exactly, but you feel like you're walking on air. You feel like you could go in any direction. If you wanted to fly, you could, but it costs an extra feet of movement for every foot you move. So half your speed if you were to fly. Gotcha. All the buildings do look the same. Trees look hollow. It feels like fall. There are no leaves around you. It looks very spooky scary. You do see movement in the distance and there are no clouds in the sky. You don't even see a moon. It looks very flat. And as you move towards Ellis's house, yeah. you notice something very distinct. Oh. The three stones in the center of the town in Tamordain, which is like the center pathway. It's like a really tiny town square. You remember there being like a little platform that was there, but there were three stones that hovered over. They're like giant mountain stones these rocks look twisted and contorted almost like a like a shrine they look very different from the material plane but in the same spot it's like the only thing that really looks drastically different as far as structures go around you Ooh. and we'll move to initiative 10 back onto the material plane which is Adoram and menace menace you have priority what are you doing yeah, so I'm just gonna keep attacking this guy up here with my rapier, because that's all I can do right now. I'm out of invisibility, but I still got a 20. That'll hit. Eight to hit. With my main hand, doing 10 plus three, 13 points of damage. Ooh, he's looking very messed what? up. Blood is drawn from the mouth, and his armor looks very cracked and withered. Oh, like, oh, there's the little cow. I'm going to have you for lunch. And then I got a 15. That will miss as he deflects it out of the way. But I will use my offhand attack to hopefully finish this guy. Yeah, that'll do it. 25. 25 will hit. 8 plus 5, 13 plus 3, 16 points of damage. That is on the money. <laughs> oh, nice. Thank you, Sid. Sid's got my back. <laughs> as he smacks him. I can't do it. Sid, finish him. <laughs> As you see, Sid rolls off your silver rapier and just like starts to jump on his face like one at a time. You see all these little Sids come out like dealing the final blow. Finish him off. I got to go help these people and I run away to the door. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll say as a part of your move action, uh, you're able to like open the door and kick the log out of the way. 
won't let you cool. won't, won't force you to use a full action on that turn to, to do that yeah i use my movement to open it and then obviously i'll have to untie them next turn right they're tied no they were not they were not tied up they were like trapped inside Oh, like, then I like, immediately yell at them, get out here, help everybody else. And, ah, the and they start to run out <laughs> and follow suit. And then we will move to Adelram. As you, as Drell, you, you see Adelram get really, really mad. He looks out the window as Armos fell into the bushes, as he poofed into the bushes, and then slowly looks at you, gritting his teeth. I'm going to put you down like how your father was put down. And he goes to charge at you, and he's going to make attacks against you, Drill. Finally. Coming at you with two giant greatsword attacks. The first one is a 21 to hit and an 11 to hit. Uh, the 11 uh, misses and the 21 hits. So that second attack, or 21, is going to deal 30 points of slashing damage. As he comes down with a massive greatsword as it cracks through the ceiling and slams down on you. So 15, right? Yeah, so 15 points of damage because you're still raging. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Got you, buddy. And then with his free action, he is going to punch you with his off. Wait, is it free action? Uh, bonus action, excuse me. Okay, he's I using, was like, As what? a bonus action, he's, he's going to punch you with his, uh, with his free hand. My God, he got a nat one. As he just misses, as the blood drips down his mouth, he looks like he's a bit woozy and just the, his anger has gotten the best of him as he's just glaring at you. Oh, nothing makes me happier than Adorim getting in that one. <laughs> as we as we move to initiative 10, as Zith jumps out of the bed and tries to grab Adorim from behind, trying to grapple him. You see oh. that he tries to muster his strength as he's wincing in pain and blood starts to ooze out from his bandages, trying to get into the fight. Drell, he, you see Zith looks very messed up and watch him slowly stumble to try to get a surprise attack off as he attempts to grapple Adoram. Adoram is going to go into resist the grapple and fails as you see Zith puts him in like a full Nelson. It was bare. Uh, Zith got a five and Adoram got a four. <laughs> oh my God. As he, uh, as he grapples him, he's trying to hold him. He goes, pestilent little drow. I will finish you first as he's trying to like get off me get off me get off timbat as he yells to timbat and then we're gonna move to initiative six which is you drill okay uh so seeing uh zith like you know grapple eight around a little ram to the ground i like spit out a little blood and i say uh if anyone's gonna be put down eight ram it's you and i'm just gonna start wailing on him with my hammer and because he's grappled, do I get advantage on those? You do. Nice. So for my first attack, let's go with a 29 to hit. 29. Okay, so he's going to use a reaction here. And as Zith grabbed him, he yells Timbat. He's going to use his reaction as Timbat forces himself because he's within 30 feet. Timbat is going to force himself in the building, separating you and Adoram, where your attack now is focused on him. So that 29 is going to hit Timbat instead. Okay. Um, and then, so before I roll damage, I guess my second attack has to hit Timbat? Yeah, it's a large creature in, in front of you, so you wouldn't be able to get around him. Okay, so for the first attack, it's going to be 16 damage. Nice. And then I'll just tell Adoram, uh, man... It's a uh, pretty typical Adoram. You're always running or hiding or having someone else fight for you. But don't worry, 
I'll kill your pet. Like I killed yours? Yeah. See the perks of keeping one alive longer than five minutes, Drell? <laughs> okay, well, Horsey was a <laughs> He's still alive, so... Uh, it's a reroll that one. <laughs> That's gonna be, uh... Even in the ethereal plane, I, I hear Drell stammering. <laughs> that's another, it's a 29 to hit. That'll hit. And that's another 18 damage. Ooh! I'm so, as you, you see Tim Bat receiving these points of damage, and he is wincing, but he's standing his ground, but you see that rather than bleeding, you see some shadow, almost like he's dissipating a little bit from his limbs as you're attacking him. Looks like he's slowly disappearing. I would like to make that last attack a menacing attack. So they have to make a, Timbat has to make a wisdom saving throw of a DC 16 and on failure, it's frightened from me until the end of my next turn. So if he tried to hide behind Edelram, if Edelram tried to hide behind it again, he couldn't because he'd be feared for me. Yeah. Okay. Wisdom saving throw. You okay. He got a 19. So he passes. Um, but he takes three additional damage. I was a little worried about that roll, I'm not going to lie. Tony's like my mechanic, man. <laughs> my mechanic. <laughs> Wait, you were worried about a wisdom saving throw? Okay. Oh, no, I don't recall saying wisdom saving throw. I was just a little worried about that just gonna, particular, uh, That specific roll. You know that, what? Oh, you know what? Actually, I'm a... Foreshadowing. Oh, I can't use a luck die on your roll, huh? Damn. No, that's a different feat, though. Yeah, I'm about to take that one next. I think you can if he attacks you, but not on their save. Talk about it in the after show. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> so, much, so much rule lowering today. It's a big fight. It's a big fight. As we move to initiative five, which is Timbat, and he is going to make attacks against you. Oh. Hey, Drell, real quick, roll me a d6. Mm, um, fuck. Okay. I do this last turn. Yep. What does he have to hit? Uh, four. Five or six. I rolled the four. Okay, he's going to come at you with Damn, a bite. He said four <laughs> as I rolled the four, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Forgot. <laughs> that's awesome. As he comes down with a bite, that's going to be a 17 to miss. And two claw attacks. The first one is going to be a 15 to miss and a 11 to miss as you're just deflecting it out of the way. Ah, oh, I'm a little upset about that, but that's fine as he's going to stand tall and protect Adorim. This is for Boxy. Oh, 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 no. I'm going to kill every single one of you. Oh, the feels Not you, Zeth. Well, at least right now. But the, the other two of you. I'll put you in a new boxy as the Adel Ram yells from beyond the dragon. Really? You just tried to... Come on, man. You, you could come up with something better than that. I'm actually kind of disappointed. So I'm being weighed down by a drow elf as he's trying to shake it off. As they move to initiative 16. Back in the ethereal plane. Heading to Ellis's house. We see almost gently floating. By her front door. What are you doing? So these rocks, they're like twisted and not good looking, correct? Demonic would maybe even say. You can definitely guess that this is maybe like a portal to or a portal or something or like used as like a worshiping ground. It, mm. You don't sense anything from it, but with your knowledge of demons and cult-like activity, like all the houses look weird to you, but like this is very jarring. Yeah. And such a drastic change in the in the area. Yeah. You just get like an inkling that like maybe not the best stuff goes down on here. Or perhaps it's used as a place as a portal for something else. Man, this looks like a place I would have I would have been to. Wish I would have remembered this. Back in my days. Okay, I'm going to go 
uh, in the house and find Ellis. Over the table, as you float inside the house and go through the walls, you see an elderly woman, very scrawny, yet bloated in specific areas of her body as if there's massive boils along her spine, some parts of her arm. Like her left arm looks very heavy, like it's bloated with water. There's giant boils placed spotly down her back. Her right arm looks sickly thin. Her hair looks withered and natted. Very does not look like she's taking care of herself. And the same for her legs, just like her arms, they are inconsistent. And you see that she's like trying to put something together, almost like she's brewing something, trying to prepare something very hastily. And you feel like in this realm, you're seeing a different image of her. I knew it. Um, okay. I'll come out of the ethereal plane. Okay, so that I believe that is your action to yeah, do that, to dismiss yeah. it. Okay. So yeah, you dismiss it, you fall down just a foot out of the air, and you land in the house, and Alice is like, oh, oh, Horus, oh, I thought you were one of the gods. Okay, I'm glad you're here, I'm glad you're here. Uh, and she's like brewing some stuff, and she goes, this should take care, this should take care of that dragon. And she's like making some type of smoky concoction. Okay. Mm. Let's go, Armos. All right. That's great and all. I think I might be able to handle the dragon. Do you have a health potion by chance? <laughs> Anything she, to heal this? She uh, looks to her shelf quickly. This gash, this uh, this thing on my back. I don't know what it is. Is that is that a? I don't know. Now on your initiative, since you interact with her, she will now go on your initiative, and she runs oh, over cool. to the shelf and takes uh, a health potion. It's a greater health potion, and she hands it to you. Yes. I can drink it right now because I'm, it's a bonus action. You drink the health potion and you regain. So she gave me something as well. Oh yeah, that's right. So she also hands you this vial full of like blacky murky liquid. And she goes, this will send him back to his plane if you are able to throw it at him. And it's a potion or something, right? Is what you're saying? It's like a Molotov. It's like a makeshift liquid. <laughs> Yeah, was it just like crazy black smoke coming up the top of it? Yes. In awesome. the in the shape of skull and crossbones. And she adds on, she goes, That yes, that is a dragon, but it is not a full real dragon. It comes from another plane. It's not a full black dragon, so to speak. More of a strengthened familiar. I got this. And uh I, I grabbed the health potion. Chug the health potion. I get uh, some health points back and then grab the uh, craze concoction and start heading towards the, the door to do some more combat. All right. So you'll be able to move on your next initiative as we go to initiative 10, which is Adoram, Minus, and Zith. Minus, as, as your initiative kicks off, you remember in our last session that one of the guards had blown a horn to alert more troops. Oh yes. On your initiative in the distance, you hear another horn as a callback to that one. And you feel that there are more guards going to be coming in very shortly. All right, open up the other doors for your friends. I, I'll be close by, I promise. Ah, and they begin to run out and they're grabbing their kids. Some of the fathers come out and they nod their head at you and they go to the other huts and they're starting to let people out. And it looks like they're trying to take care of their own. Some of them pick up some 
makeshift spears and some bucket lids and shields, and it looks like they're trying to get ready for a fight just in case anything else comes their way. What else are you doing? And then I'm running back towards the dragon and Adel Ram. Can I see them through the crashed hut from here or no? Um, you can see them through the windows. Actually, what you, the only thing you can see is like the broad side of the dragon, like moving around. Okay. So and you can see him through the windows. They're now like becoming shattered because there's a, you know, a large dragon inside moving around. Um, I mean, I'm going to just try and go for a crazy shot. I'm sure I'll do it with this advantage or something, but uh, can I try and shoot whatever I see through that window? Yes, at 90 feet away? Yeah, it'll be made with disadvantage. Um, so, I mean, I'm got to try, right? Got to try. Yeah. So I, I pull out Melora's sling, and I am going to put uh, two fire bullets in there. I re-rolled, and I got a two and a two with disadvantage. <laughs> But I'll take my second attack, <laughs> which will be much better, which is going to be a 15. Uh, 15 will miss. Yeah, okay. So I'm just, I'm trying my best to shoot through the window. I'm like, Drell, how's it going over there? Well, I like to think that Menace is trying to aim through the window, and as he's like squinting to focus, he actually sees Drell's glutes, like, and it just catches him off guard, and he fucking misses. Like, <gasps> <laughs> fuck, I can't hit him. <laughs> All right, there is nothing else I want to do on my turn. Okay, we're going to go to Adelram and Zith, and Adelram's going to make a stun check against Zith to try to throw him off Ooh, with a 19, and Zith is going to get... He's got to beat a 19. He's got to beat a 19. That's 20. Oh, 17. Oh. Help Close action. No. Help action. <laughs> Help reaction. Yeah. As Adoram throws him off to the ground in Zith's weakened state, Adoram looks down at the ground and goes, I've had enough of you. And he goes to slash him with the sword. I know. He with advantage. Adoram comes down with his great sword. Looks like you guys might get what you want. Not what our menace wants. <laughs> with a 19, he's going to deal. 29 points of damage as he slams down across its chest and he goes broken deal leads to broken ribs as he slashes him across his chest as the sword impales him as you see deadly wound across its chest and he instantly gets knocked out and it looks like he's bleeding out rapidly as he took a significant amount of damage below his health points and he looks back to you, Drell, and he's going to try to move past Timbat to try to get an attack on you. So yeah, is going to break up his attacks and move, and he's going to attack you with his second attack. That's going to miss with a 10. Ugh. But he is now in your face again with Timbat looming over him. Uh, and we're going to go to initiative six, which is you, Drell. Face to face with eight all right so for my uh attack um i'm going to spear uh <laughs> eight ram like f tackling him like i'm in the nfl and i'm gonna <laughs> grapple him to the ground okay yeah go ahead and make me uh a strength check uh can you roll first i want to know what i have to be okay he's gonna try to dodge out of the way so it's gonna be a dexterity check wait i thought it, it wouldn't just be a straight up He's like right in front of me. It wouldn't be because he attacked me. It wouldn't be like just a strength versus strength. Your strength versus his dexterity for a grapple check. As he oh, tries to get okay. out of the way. Yeah. 
Nice. You you want this roll? Trust me. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. I got it over. Go ahead and roll. It's a nineteen. Yeah, you got it. He rolled a six as you spear him. And he goes, Beast. "Your next draw." Oh, and you just spear him to the ground. Nice. And then I'm going to use my uh, drill. Is just furiously in a rage because I don't think there's anyone in the world he hates more than Adoram and he's gonna summon for the first time his beast claws in his hands and he's just gonna start uh, clawing at Adoram in the face. You see as you are raging, raging down to your core you see Egger's face flash in your mind as your mouth and claws become bestial more draconic than anything as you begin to claw down on him. I think that is going to be it. As you spear Adelram to the ground, he drops his greatsword and he's like looking at you and he's you see that he has like this bloodlust smile as your draconic teeth break through and reveal to him and he goes, oh, yes, yes, show me, Trill. Show me how much you hate me. Let's fly. And as we move to initiative five, we're gonna go to Timbat and Timbat is going to grab, with both hands, he's going to grab you and Adelram and fly straight up. Oh, good. You are grappling Adelram, and since you are busy grappling Adelram, he is going to get a free grapple on you as he flies 60 feet up into the air. And Minus, Armos, you see the roof completely just shatters from the medical hut as this Black Dragon flies all the way up as you see Drell ringing Adelram's neck, flying into the air. Uh, and that's going to be Timbat's move. Uh, how oh much fly speed does he have? Oh, I'm sorry, not 60 feet, 80 feet. Armos, red alert! Armos, red <laughs> alert! Straight up like a black spear let's, in the sky. Let's just say it was 60 feet because my turn would be so much quicker. It's definitely 80 feet. Damn it, dude. <laughs> as it flies, 80 feet into the air, and we're going to move to initiative 16. Armos. Ruined everything I was going to do on my turn, even my backup plan. Oh, <laughs> do, do dragons do that, Armos? Do they just ruin uh, plans? Plan C. Um, all right, so obviously would kick open the door just as the medical hut blows up and a big figure flies into the sky. Don't worry, almost we got this. It's a great plan you got hatched. It's a great plan. Kick open the door. We need a new plan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to cast a spell. I'm going to cast Hex on Adelram. Oh, Hex has a range of 90 feet, you, yeah, you fuck cheeky you, fuck bastard. You. Yeah. <laughs> I was just looking it up, too. <laughs> it's going to be in- intelligence. He's going to have disadvantage on intelligence check. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, no, I don't like where this is going. I don't like where this is going. Oh, it's it's about to happen. I know exactly where it's going to. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and since I can't, uh, I can't reach, so that's a bonus action. So for my actual action, um, I'm going to cast uh, Eldritch Blast for now. Okay. Who are you attacking? I'll do Adelram. Technically, it, yeah, he is crap. still grappled, but... <laughs> He's grappled while being held by a yeah. large black dragon. So I'm just trying to imagine this. Drell hugging Adoram, giant dragon hugging Drell, who is hugging Adoram. 
I'm doing like PEMDAS shit in my head. Um, <laughs> rules, rules as written, bro. Rules as written. He's grappled. Is there a DD version of PEMDAS? Uh, <laughs> Dragon player NPC. Because uh, you could technically hit Drill, right? Wait, what? Yeah, go ahead and hit with advantage uh, as Aaron was grappled short. PEMDAS. Okay, so my first roll was an 18, my, and then my second roll was a, tw a dirty 20. Okay. My second one was a 16. That will miss. And then a 28 to hit. That will hit. <laughs> 23, 26, 27. 27 damage. Ooh, he takes 27 points of damage. You hit him with two of the Eldritch Blasts in the middle of the sky as he's being flown up. What else are you doing? Okay. Um, and then I'm going to hide in a bush, or I'm going to just use a bush or a rock or mm. something as cover and until mm -hmm. my next turn. We're going to move to initiative 10, which is Minus Adoram. Minus, what are you doing? Oh, goodness. Minus, come over here. <laughs> Working on it. I'm a slow boy, though. Get over here, Minus. <laughs> move 25 feet closer to Armos. So I move a little closer, almost, and I'm gonna look up at the dragon holding Drell, holding Adoram. <laughs> it is a in my disadvantage range for my sling, but the advantage will cancel it out, so I'll just be rolling normally with my sling, I assume. Uh, are you trying to hit Adoram or Adoram? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll try and I'll try and hit Adoram with my sling, adding uh, flame bullets. The first one is a. 25. That'll hit. And a 19. They both hit. Nice. Holy shit. 48 total. You're laying in bullets into him, and both of those hit, and you see that, like, he's face-to-face, -face, he's, like, shit-talking to Drell, and then one of your bolts, both of them hit, but one of them specifically goes through his shoulder and out the other side. You see this large blood cloud. He goes, ah, it's never a fair fight with you as he yells at Drell. And Drell, he looks very messed up. Yeah, it wasn't when I got stabbed in the back, idiot. Bro, yeah, you literally beat me up in a cage and then you beat me up as a mouse. What, like, what are you even talking about? What do you mean fair fight? <laughs> you always have your persistent, worthless friends with it's, you. It's my turn, right? As, as It is um, not, it's initiative 10. It is actually his yeah. turn oh, once he's done. And, and before <laughs> you go, I am just gonna yell to the uh, citizens. Uh, are you guys good over there? Yeah, yes. They're like barreling down the doors and on your turn, as you're yelling, you do hear another horn, but it sounds very different. This one sounds very bassy. Drell, since you're right next to your face-to-face -face with Adoram, make me a perception check. Dirty 20. You see that when that second horn goes off, Minus' turn, his head snaps to the direction and there's a sense of concern for a moment. Gondor calls for aid. Uh, and that looks back at you as we move to Adoram's turn. Uh, and he is going to use his tax to uh, headbutt you. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go ahead and headbutt you. And he gets advantage because you're also grappled. This, this, okay. this is going to be the stupidest fight. <laughs> uh, it's going to be 18 to hit. Misses. Does it really? Damn. Yeah. Okay. He goes, oh, you just move your head out of the way to the left. And he comes in. <laughs> That's a, more. That's a 21. <laughs> Fuck, that does touch. <laughs> and he goes, he's going to go in and hit. That's uh, going to be it's gonna be 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. He hits you with his very stout forehead. Um, oh. 
And now you're grappled, so he can't pull anything like out of his pocket, right? Not if he's grappled. No, I don't think so. Okay. So as a bonus action, you see that as he's headbutting you, after he hits the second one, you see that as your vision comes to, you look at Adoram and you see his face beginning to shift as he becomes a little more furry. <laughs> and his teeth elongate as he is shifting to his displacer beast form. And you see some of the wounds close up as he shapeshifts. And we are going to move to initiative six. Drell. Damn, I thought it was Timbat. Six. Drell. What are you doing? Yep. As he uh, is <laughs> getting the shapeshift into his displacer beast form. I'm going to say that's kind of cool. Uh, but I got something that I think can beat your headbutt. And I'm going to, for the also for the first time, summon my dragon's teeth um, that I can, like, uh, as my attack. And I'm going to try to just bite him in the neck. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was almost not 20. Uh, that's a 17 to hit. That is going to miss. I will use a luck point then and roll again. Because uh, I need these. They're not going to do much damage, so... <laughs> With oh, this almost nope. I'm using my third luck point. Hold on, for a second luck point. You rolled a 16. Okay. Oh wait, with advantage. Oh, I completely forgot. Thank you, Dan. That's a dirty 20. That'll hit. That is um 10 points of damage. Ooh. You take a large chunk of his other fuzzy shoulder as you see the fur starting to pop out as he's getting a little bit bigger, and you feel like he's getting much stronger despite being grappled onto him. Okay. Uh, so I have like a bunch of fur in my mouth or whatever and I spit it out and I go damn that tastes like bitch uh, <laughs> and I <laughs> gotta bite him again and that's a 21 and yeah it's 21 to hit that hits uh, that's uh, 13 more damage Ooh, yeah he's looking very messed up again as he begins to bleed more he goes as he like begins to howl into the sky not doing anything else. I have to save everything else just in case. <laughs> okay, we're going to move to initiative five as Adoram howls from your second vicious attack. He is going to fly another 80 feet up into the air, now putting you at 160 oh feet high. And he is oh. going to use his action to try to rip you off and throw you to the ground. So he's going to make a strength check to separate you from Adoram. So make me a contested strength check to try to hold on to Adelrim. Uh, Drell's got this, Armos. He's the strongest of us. <laughs> oh, fuck. You have advantage because you're raging? What'd you roll? <laughs> My first roll was a nat one. Uh, so... <laughs> And my second roll is a 15. Right. He got a 16. Oh. I will use my luck point then. Oh, damn you. Damn you. <laughs> I'll take the 23, though. Damn it. As he's trying to pull you apart, 160 feet in the air, you see Tim Bad is having uh, a large amount of trouble, and you, see, you hear him cursing a draconic. That's your shot. Okay, yeah, so Timbat is now 160 feet in the air as he's trying to pull oh, no. the two of you apart. Um, even though he was born on a mountain, Drell is definitely afraid of heights, so this isn't going well for him. He's like, oh, fuck. You know, Ram chimes in, he goes, I'll show you a real mountaintop. Oh. <laughs> What'd you just fucking say to me? <laughs> as we move to initiative 16, um, I'm gonna just uh, give him the old bolts. 
Who are you attacking? Adelram. Sure. The old bolts. The old bolts. So do I still get advantage? Yes. So a 24 for my first good old bolts. 28 for my second one. And a 28 for my third one. Take it. <laughs> all three of those hit. How much damage are you doing? Uh, finally, after rolling all those dice, 44 damage. Those three bolts smack into his fuzzy head. As you see oh, yeah. his jaw, it looks broken, Drell. And he's like, I'm going to eat every single one of you. And he's like, you see like his eye is now black and blue shut. And he's staring at you with this one good eye drill. And he just seems to be focused as he's weakly chomping at you. As those Eldritch Blasts did a significant amount of damage. As we move to initiative 10, which is Adoram and Minus. Minus, on your initiative, as you're looking up at the dragon, Adoram and Drell, as they're flying upwards, and you're getting ready for your next action, you notice small shadows on the ground real quick as the sounds of bowstrings echo from the tree line from your northeast and northwest you spot five large arrows shooting towards the dragon echoey playing can be heard reverberating through the trees you see that three of those arrows shoot through the wings of the dragon effectively hitting him at long range. From your current position, you can't see what shot them. However, they were definitely aiming at the Black Dragon. Menace, what are you doing on your initiative before we go over to Adoram? You see that, Sid? Are they, are they attacking their own or are there just new people on our side? <laughs> Yep, I don't know either. Me, uh, me, me. Don't think, just keep attacking. Me. <laughs> Pull out my longbow, because I'm now out of range uh, for my sling. I'm literally, I've sur- you've surpassed my range of the sling. I can't even attack with my sling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'll attack Adoram with my longbow. Uh, with a 26 and a 27 to hit. Those will hit. For 24 points of damage. Sid and my hunter's mark will do an extra uh, seven points for a total of 31 points of damage. With 31 points of damage, we're going to shift over to Adoram's turn real quick. As he weakly looks at Drell and he tries to bite, he goes, I'll see you in the fell, Drell. Arrow goes through the side of his face out the other side as your longbow shot goes through his jaw out the other side and is stuck. Drell, you just oh. see Adorim's face go limp. <laughs> I think I hit him, Sid. What's wrong, kitty? Got a furball? Just the arrow in his mouth. <laughs> the dragon Drell looks at you goes, you didn't hear that. <laughs> you yeah. see the dragon yeah, looks you did. increasingly uh, worried as he's holding the two of you as the shadows begin to dissipate more. Rapidly. Yeah, and if you drop me from this high, you're next, buddy. You better put me down on the ground gently. So, Menace, what else are you doing on your turn? Uh, right. I have a bonus action, I suppose. Um, I will, I will move towards Armos. <laughs> uh, so I'm moving closer to Armos 
and I'm uh, now I'm about 20 feet from Armo, so I'm, we're finally after the this long battle. I'm close to Armo. I'm like Armo, I think I hit Adoram. I don't know if he's hurt too hard or not, but I definitely hit him. And I'm gonna use my bonus action perception check if I can to like look into the tree line to see if I know where those arrows came from. Yes, give me a perception check. Oh. Four. You do not know <laughs> where they came from. <laughs> As I think they were trying to hit Drow, but they accidentally hit their own dragon. <laughs> As we shift back to Adelram's initiative, you see that the arrow has effectively killed Adelram. In the face. <laughs> As he lays limp, and you look up at... <laughs> In the face. As you look up at the black dragon, it looks like he's evaporating. He's, he's dissolving in place. The shadows are bleeding into the sky, slowly disappears as you are let go. Uh -oh. Still holding on to a dead Adoram, now falling 160 feet from the sky. I fucking knew it. As you crash down, you are going to take fall damage. I threw my parachute. Oh, oh, okay. Your reaction parachute? Yeah, sure, 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 <laughs> yeah. sure, sure. You're going to yeah. take 16d6 worth of fall damage. It is going to be a grand total of 63 bludgeoning damage as you crash into the ground. Half. Thank <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Half>. The 32. <laughs> uh, so as I fall, I like to think that I land in like... Like that Superman pose where he like he's like punching the ground on one, he's like you know kneeled it or like, like he's kneeling, and he's like punching the ground, and then he like he looks up and he goes nailed it. He goes, Yo, Minus, you, you Minus, you you killed that guy. <laughs> I don't know if I you did? know that. Yeah, you're probably wanted for murder. You're gonna want to lay low. Uh, uh, <laughs> you just killed a red. No, I'm just kidding. Screw He's him, dude. Dead? He sucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. The arrow went right through his face. And I looked down at Adorim. Awesome. <laughs> great. Great job. Yeah. I mean, look at him. He's right here, right? And I kick him. Oh, and then I spend the next 15 minutes just punching the living crap out of him. Um, <laughs> just the whole time saying, this is for Boxy. As as the two of you land and you now beat the shit out of Adoram's lifeless corpse, as you see that as he died, he slowly was turning back to his human form from his displacer beast form. And then another horn is blown. And just like before, it sounds very different with much more bass, revealing from the shadows of the trees all around are massive cloaked figures with what seems to be gargantuan sized longbows. You see five of these cloaked figures and they're up on the hills, and two of them to your left are closer to Ellis's home. And Ellis walks out of the house as the two of you crash, gasping for breath, just behind Armos. It looks like she seems very tired as she's limping closer uh, to Armos and almost uses him as a crutch to catch her breath as she sees Adoram is on the floor and the landing of the missing arrows. And she says to Armos, perhaps when Perhaps when the intruders blew their horn for backup, it alerted our neighbors. Wait, what do you mean neighbors? We're not the only one that lives on this island, Armos. Uh, friendly neighbors? Uh... You on good terms? Yeah, They what? fight dragons, they're friends of mine. True. Okay. What's... What's their deal? Why are they, why are they wearing the hoods? It's kind of ominous. I don't know. Let's find out. 
as she begins to walk closer to the center of the town where Drell and Edelram had fell. The figures remain mostly hidden by the cloaks, massive in size. They reveal themselves a little bit more and they look like they're the same size as Drell. Maybe a little bit shorter, but much wider. Minus, you notice bovine-like horns poking out from some of the hoods. <gasps> some of them also have massive metal nose rings. You recognize these figures as minotaurs, possibly from a neighboring town, like Ellis mentioned. You are not too far from Sanlo, so wandering minotaurs may not be too far off. I, I tug on Drell's shirt <laughs> as he's still beating into Adoram. Uh, no, at this point, um, I have a knife, and I'm going to say, Minutes, turn away. This is going to get graphic. And I cut off uh, Adoram's Ram's head, and I put it in my bag. Get the cart, Minutes. You cut off Adoram's head. Awesome. I love it. And I put it in my bag. Okay. Goodness. Oh, cool. And I walk very awkwardly up to the Minotaur's. <clears throat> Good day, brothers, sisters. What's <clears throat> up? You walk up to one of the <laughs> minotaurs in the cloaked figure and it looks down and you see just a puff of smoke as it leers down at you and you see and you're looking up and its massive snout is blocking his eyes from your perspective. And then another one walks up behind you. Drell, you notice that this one is massive in size. And the one that walks up behind you says, Oh my sif, bro. Look who it is. It's the pint-sized flower picker. And you get pushed <laughs> to the ground. It. He goes, <laughs> as Miranor is standing behind you. And that put an end to Adoram once and for all. That's right, Miranor. I did all those epic things, and nothing you do will ever be able to top them, so don't even try. All right, hold on. I'm going to need Tony for this next part. Tony. <clears throat> Tony. Tony! <laughs> What's up, Tony? What the? Hey, uh, uh, can you play D&D &D right now? It's 3 a.m. So? My daughter's sleeping in the next room. Oh, you don't need to worry about that. I soundproofed her room while you were asleep. What? Anyways, um. You couldn't do this six months ago? No, no, no. We need to do it now. It'll be real quick. I promise. I set everything up in the dining room already. Get your dice and I'll meet you downstairs. <laughs> oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. <clears throat> All right, Dan. What what what's so important? I could wait till tomorrow. All right. Uh, I, I just need help with the uh, the recap stuff real quick. All right. So basically, I'm I'm at the waterfall, like the lake area of Tamor Den. So I I want to try and sneak a letter into Miranor's bag. Mm -hmm, okay. Um. Do I see where there's? I know where they're sleeping, right? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Let me just get my notes here. Hold on. Yeah, okay, yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so it's gonna be, um, yeah, so a couple of hours have passed since you have recently spoken, uh, to Miranor and, uh, gotten bullied, uh, you notice that they made a little camp for themselves, rather than sleeping inside one of the huts, they just made a bonfire, and you see a bunch of large, 
sleeping bags uh, in a semicircle around it. And the, the fire is roaring and all the minotaurs are sleeping. And you notice that one of the largest sleeping bags uh, looks like it has a very muscular, superior minotaur sleeping within it. Perfect. Okay, so I see his sleeping bag, of course, way deep in the middle. So I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and creep over a bunch of these other sleeping minotaurs from my tribe and get to his sleeping bag. Why don't you go ahead and make me a uh, <clears throat> uh, a stealth check um, with a DC 30 because you woke me up at 3 a.m. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> DC 12. Uh, <laughs> um, that is going to be a... Oh, well, you know what? It was a 35 anyways. <laughs> I gotta take away that scarf. I gotta take away that damn neckerchief. Whatever the hell, whatever it is. The bandana. So stupid. No, I'm just an expert. You successfully sneak over to Miranor's sleeping bag. <clears throat> Alright, so I... Fuck, I forgot to fold my letter. I fold my letter and put it into an envelope that has Miranor's name written on it. Make me a slide a hand check. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not as good at those. That is a 12. It is folded. Very crisp. But you notice that one of the edges is slightly folded. <clears throat> Alright. So I take this letter and I, I like... I start to put this letter in Miranor's bag and I stop for a second. I kind of look at the letter and I kind of look down at Miranor, sleeping annoyingly and loudly. Miranor the Green. No, no, please, 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 please. No, stop. Oh my god, Sid. I want to punch him in the face right now. Me. 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 And you see Sid uh, palming his own fist. <sighs> no. Oh, I can't do this. This isn't right. And I sneak back out of the their, like, makeshift encampment. Okay. And I walk kind of back over, kicking some little pebbles as I go back to the uh, lake. And I sit back down, kind of sad, just like with my chin in my hand, kind of just staring at the waterfall. The water jostles cleanly. <sighs> it's not his fault, Sid. He's just a big dumb idiot trying to prove to the clan how dense his muscles are. At that moment, you hear another loud snore from Miranor. He goes, oh, what do you mean is a place higher than first place? <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I am agree. <sighs> You know what, Sid? I think my whole life I've been throwing my anger at Miranor in an effort to avoid the truth. And you see that I tear out the last page of this long journal entry that I wrote to Miranor about all the things I've done since I got to Aramor and then went to the Kambuki Isles. And I tear out the beginning that had the intro to Miranor and I start writing a new letter. Dear Titus, I addressed this letter to your full name and marked it with our tribe's secret emergency symbol to be sure you wouldn't throw it away. This is your son. I know you don't care to hear from me, and it's clear to me now that you never intend to give me chieftain in any fair way. 
To be honest, I don't even know if I want the title anymore. After the way you treated me. My whole life you sheltered me. You told me because of my stature that I would never amount to anything grand. Stick to the paper and pen menace. Leave the monsters to bigger minotaurs. Leave the fieldwork to stronger minotaurs. Leave us alone, menace. You'll only get in the way. Those are things you said to me. Over and over. I started to believe it. I never thought I could accomplish anything so noble. But that day, when I overheard you talking to our elders, when you promised Miranor chieftain, I couldn't take it anymore. Because if I stayed, if I continued to live up to your belittling idea of what my life should be, the bare minimum is all I would ever reach. May this letter find you well as a log of my accomplishments, whether you believe it or not. Oh, and just so you know, I don't care if you give me the title. I'm going to find the multi-headed Hydra of the Kambuki Isles, slay it, and prove myself worthy to lead any great tribe. I'm going to become chieftain of my own destiny. Sincerely, Menace. And I take the letter and I put it into one of the envelopes that I got from Lord Baron's divider. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of just hold it up. Obviously, I address it to my father at the Avery Boulders. And I, I've never done this before, so I hold it up and wait. As you place the letter into the special envelope, this envelope is a part of the FFCS, which is an envelope from the far-fetched courier service. You hold it up, and as you hold it up into the air, it shines a light tint of green, and then begins to slowly dissolve into the air, almost like particles, and it drifts into the wind. Wow. That's pretty cool, huh, Sid? Me. Huh. <laughs> you see one of the Sids has like a little tissue after your heartfelt letter. It's like... <laughs> And there's a whole bunch of kids Sids consoling the larger Sid. Oh, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, Sid, there was actually one time that my dad stuck up for me, believe it or not. We were celebrating a peace treaty with a neighboring tribe, and one of the warriors from the other clan, they called me stupid. <laughs> my head is hot enough, so I was going to insult the man back. But before I could, my dad nearly took out the guy's head with a boulder. I'll never forget those words. My son may be weak and scrawny, and he may not read well and do math right, but he is anything but stupid and never makes the same mistake twice. Or something like that. It was the only glimpse of compassion my father ever gave me. Even if it was backhanded. It's the only reason I kept working so hard for the tribe. Anyway. Oh, we should, uh, get some sleep, Sid. Tell you what. You and the juniors can sleep with me tonight. Meh. <laughs> uh, don't get too excited. We got to make sure we don't wake Drell and Armoset, okay? Meh. And he puts away, he puts away the glow sticks. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, Tony. You can get back to sleep. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Welcome to the Patreon shoutouts. Read by Dan this month. We're going to start with the Bloodshard Bandits. A small creature zips through jagged caverns of obsidian stone deep within the Underdark. It sniffs around a sparkling pool of magic unknown until stopping towards the farthest edge. A gold amulet with a family crest lay halfway submerged at the water's edge. 
The fox lifts its head, turns its glowing eyes towards the shadows, and yelps for its companion. A dark elf tiptoes through the shadows and says, Good boy, we're getting close. Morgan Ulfil pats the fox gently and reaches for the amulet. Artemis is next, and for the first time in 10 years, he has decided to use his vacation time. That's right, he is off on a personal quest to find Kemi Joe, who hasn't been back to the Sigic College in two weeks after a trip to Lord Baron's Divider. Artemis has a bad feeling about this. Next is another new member, Rocco the Croco. This giant lizard folk druid has just finished fending off a pitiful attack from the Kuatoa on his tribe. As his brothers pick on one of the smaller attackers, Rocco speaks up. Hey guys, uh, can, can I talk to you about something? One of the brothers ignores him. <laughs> Rocco, look, I can juggle three Kuotoa at the same time. Rocco shouts, I'm leaving the tribe. The Kuotoa falls to the ground as his tribe stares in disbelief. Benjamin Hayes is next, AKA the Dread. The black dragon is strong, stronger than the Dread was ever ready for. Just when he thinks a blow will land, the Dread cuts through smoke. He wasn't able to turn in time before the claw strikes from behind. The next thing he knows, he is walking, hand in hand, with someone, but he feels small. His mother walks beside him. Is, is this a dream? Alara rushes through the chapel halls, checking every window and every secret door. There is no sign left by this thief. She opens the main door with a thunderous kick and surveys the forest as wind whistles through the trees. No one to be seen. Then she hears a laugh from behind. Whipping her body around, Alara stares in horror as the illusion falls and a hooded figure appears next to the shard she thought had been taken. A smile within the hood and a snap of a finger closes the main door. Dylan Snyder, aka Reese Evergon, the wandering bard, finds himself surrounded after a mission gone wrong. Actually, the mission was quite successful, but it appears the lady he chose to flirt with tonight is one of the cultist's girlfriends. Yikes. Several angry bar patrons crack their knuckles and brandish their daggers, but just as they lunge towards the musician, he disappears in a sparkle of smoke. Julius Kendrick tosses a pouch of gold coin to a hooded figure as they leave the alley. With no one around, in the dead of night, he might as well use it here. With an evil smile and the flick of his wrist, Julius lights his newfound lantern. Back to the fell, he whispers. Reigns creeps through the sewers late at night. He shouldn't be working so late, but how else will the job get done? There's one unmarked tunnel left to explore. Reigns nearly drops his torch when he finds the nest. The eggs begin to hatch. He turns to leave, but the entrance is paved over. A croak can be heard, and as he turns once more, a giant slod emerges from the water and rushes forward with a giant bite. Reigns wakes in a cold sweat from the nightmare? And yes, stares in anguish at his now amphibious claws. Next are the Sigic College alumni. Andrew Hall is our first Sigic College alumni, and yes, the first senior wizard in the past 10 years to retake a class after failing. He will not have to delay his graduation, and his scholarship remains intact, but his pride not so much. It's going to be a really awkward one wizard class this summer. 
Charging in is Sakajewa, who has just finished submitting the paperwork to form his own Rocket Boot League team at the Sijic College. Several artificers have already agreed to help build an arena for their Magic Architecture class project. The next alumni is Patrick Rennerstrom. The punk has left Aramore to go on tour. All the jazz was cramping his style. His band's first gig is in Gilo at the Omega Beaker Phi House. Robert Crisp is making great progress in his Baguette Colony project. However, the day has finally come. He is out of grant money. Hopefully, the Sigic College is feeling very generous. St. Chaos is no longer trying to get out of jail after the booming success of his toilet wine business. In fact, his bail has finally been paid by someone who wants to turn his small business into an empire. Scoot Doot is new to South Trillis and scooting their way to Lelouch's farm and vineyard. Will this be their final destination, or will they be venturing on to the next town come morning? Sly is next and has shape-shifted into a were-raccoon to blend in with the crowd. He likes the jazz band, but this place looks worse for wear after a fire has occurred. He should leave before things get too hairy. And last but not least are the Humbrea's heroes. Abdurrahman is working on a theft potion retrieval potion and offered it to Alex Dredd to help in his pursuit of the recent theft potion thievery. Alex Judge Dredd is on the case and takes the potion with pride. When asked what the potion does exactly, Abdurrahman simply said to throw it at the thief and find out. Caleb is heading to his duel with Johnny Tar when a man in dark robes bumps into him. The potion he was holding spills all over the man's robes and surrounds him in a magical mist. Nefarious Ducarius has changed his tune all of a sudden. He apologizes to the man he bumped into and decides he should return the glass at least to that nice potion maker. Man with Glass has begun work on a new masterpiece. He begins walking to Dillmore to get supplies. Sergio Rodriguez waves as Man with Glass walks through the Southern Watchtower. Sergio wonders if he is friends with Man with Stone. Then screams as he realizes blood shards have been stolen. Captain Dandelion smiles as he peeks into his new stolen bag of blood shards. That is just before he slips on something wet. Johnny Tar prepares for his fight with Caleb, packing all of his new potions into his bag. And some silver bullets just in case. Odimel travels to the next town to sell her new batch of potions. She is also rushing to make the Gilo High School Rocket Boot League match that her cousin is playing in. Milo Thornwhip is excited for the regional championship match for High School Rocket Boot League. He heard college scouts were going to be at the match, so he is going to try his best so he can get recruited to a good school. That is the end of this month's Patreon shoutouts. If you would like to hear your name read here, please go over to patreon.com slash dnd404. That's patreon.com slash dnd404. And you can see all the lovely tiers and rewards we have available. Until next time.